Welcome to another episode of Corona Cold Reads, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Every Tuesday and Saturday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, we're getting together on YouTube Live to broadcast a cold reading of a Shakespeare play. Our actors run the gamut from um, non-professional actors to some of the biggest names in uh, North American classical theater. Um, But what we all have in common is just a really genuine love of Shakespeare and In these uncertain, really genuinely scary times, um, what makes us feel better is getting together and listening to the text and exploring these stories together. So hopefully these episodes will bring you comfort as well, and you'll enjoy them as much as we enjoyed recording them. Um, All of the videos are available on our YouTube channel, which you just search My Entertainment World, um, as well as on our website, myentertainmentworld.ca, where you can find the full cast lists, um, as well as lots of other articles and all of our other content that we have going up all the time. Um, also, you should follow us on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's both myentworld, my ENT world. Um, there you'll see, be able to see highlights from all of the recordings, um, as well as you can get the links to watch us live. Um, But we also have all sorts of content created just specifically for those platforms. In addition to, um, that's where you can find links to all of our website content as well, which is myentertainmentworld.ca. The videos do stay up after the live recordings. You can watch them after the fact, or you can catch the audio version in the podcast feed, um, which is you just search My Entertainment World in uh, iTunes, and there you'll find all of our different podcast series where we have the favorite series, the Shakespeare series, the nominee interview series, uh, Corona Cold Reads, Corona Movie Club, Season 1, Episode 1, and the My Entertainment World podcast. Um, Tons of different things happening. There's never been a better time to subscribe to our podcast we have so much content happening right now um but you're here for corona cold reads for shakespeare um so these are cold reads for the most part uh, our actors did not have more than a day maybe two if they're lucky um to look over the text if they wanted to most of them didn't have the chance to so it is just them sitting down and reading it cold um, so you'll you'll be able to hear that there will be some rocky moments and sometimes when we may have to pause and um, wonder why somebody's got their zoom on mute or you know how things happen. Um, we're all adjusting to these new technologies to cope with what we're going through right now. So I hope you enjoy. Okay, the Merry Wives of Windsor. Um, I personally hate this play. I think it is one of the worst in the whole canon, if not the worst. Um, It's got a lot of fat jokes, so if that's your jam, I guess uh, saddle up. Um, Yeah, so measure, or Mary Wives of Windsor. So (laughs) the, the thing to understand about Mary Wives of Windsor is essentially what happened is that Shakespeare wrote Henry IV parts one and two. Um, back when he was doing his Henriad history cycle. And he had a fun, memorable character named Sir John Falstaff. And he is this sort of fat, merry asshole. And he's incredibly memorable. And he serves a really important purpose in Henry IV, which is he stands in as a symbol for the East Cheap life that Hal embraces in Henry IV and then casts off to sort of prove that he can become, he deserves to be Henry V. And so he's a symbol, but he's also a very real person. And he delivers a really devastating speech in um, 
Henry, I believe it's in Henry the Fourth, Part One, and he says, um, "It's all about please never banish me." Like we understand that one day our pal Hal will become King Henry, and we know that our relationship has to change, and that can't be we can't be us anymore. But if you banish me completely, if you turn your back on me, it's banish John Falstaff, banish all the world. And Hal very sort of jokingly is like, I do, I will, like, haha, I'm going to banish you. And then, but you don't really believe him. And then in Henry the Fourth, Part Two, he banishes Falstaff um, to prove a point and to um, sort of excise the demons of his past and restore his own reputation and just get rid of this memory of when he was sort of less than he is now and um yeah sort of uh, hide the witness largely is what happens and it's a really you know Falstaff's a, a really ridiculous character who is totally over the top and really obnoxious but it is a really heartbreaking arc that he goes through um and he's the the runaway breakaway hit of the Henriad and he was very popular at the time, and he was very popular with one Queen Elizabeth I, who, the story goes, then requested another one. She, you know, Falstaff dies off stage after Henry IV Part Two. His the news of his death is reported in Henry V. Um, he is dead, but then Shakespeare, because he was a commercial writer, he you know he would have been working in television nowadays, um, which I love television, but it is a commercial medium. You have to really kowtow to the money people and the audience, and it's a commercial medium. And theater was at the time, specifically Shakespeare's theater was, and so he wrote a standalone sh- comedy featuring, not featuring, starring entirely for and about John Falstaff despite the fact that he killed him. Um, and I always feel that the Falstaff of Mary Wives of Windsor feels as if somebody had heard the Falstaff of Henry the Fourth described to them, never saw it, but just kind of heard it described and then wrote what their, their sort of guess of what he was like into a very silly comedy, um, where he's just a, a broad doofus, um, and just a fun person to make fun of for being fat. Uh, he's also a ridiculous womanizer. It's just, he's the worst. Um, so basically what you have in Mary Wives of Windsor is this weird play where, um, you've got sort of a split situation. Part of it is just a super jealous husband running around after his wife, who he thinks is cheating on him. Um, and the other half is, um, actually two really fabulous heroines, uh, Mistress Ford and Mistress Page, who are two of Shakespeare's great women. He had so many wonderful women in his comedies. And they are playing tricks and they're setting up Falstaff to look like an idiot. Um, and it's really essentially one of the bullying stories. It's a little bit like um, what happens to Malvolio in Twelfth Night. But because Falstaff is so dreadful, it's a little bit more rewarding and less bothersome in terms of like bullying and this is how we treat people than what happens in Twelfth Night. Here it's actually a lot of fun to watch these women who are just sort of put upon and and overly watched and accused of things all the time. They're just getting one over on the men and proving that they're smarter than everybody else in the room. And that is 
really pretty fun. Um, so what happened with our reading was this was a joint birthday celebration reading. Um, we did that a few times through our Shakespeare canon where it was someone's birthday. So they would have, um, they would have a lead role themselves and then they would also have sort of a pick of the, of the casting. Um, so what we had here was Hillary Wardinger and Shailen McFall, who are two regular people, uh, regular players in our troupe. Um, it was their birthdays. So we cast them as Mistress Ford and Mistress Page, respectively. We also had Hillary's real life partner, Andy Danish, come in to play Ford. Um, and then Shailen picked her friend Mark to play Page. Um, so we have the cast sort of built up around them. Um, we also have, there were a few other birthdays. Olivia Clausen McHarger's birthday was around here, as well as Elizabeth Ramirez's birthday. Um, so we had a few of their friends come on board uh, to play. We have Dora D. Rogers as a guest star for Liv's birthday playing Anne Page. And Elizabeth took on Mistress quickly, and it was just an absolute riot. That's one you should check out the YouTube video to see um, her costumes. And she was really a really fun uh, Mistress quickly. Um, we also have our, our Falstaff returns, um, our Falstaff from the Henriad, Weldon Gorey, um, returns to play him, uh, one more time in this. Uh, so it's a really fun cast. It came together really nicely. Um, a few guest stars, a lot of our regulars, and, um, you get to see some people taking on some really different roles for them. So even though this is a play I really struggle with, um, it was a really fun reading and it is so women driven. Um, and that's a really fun, refreshing thing. Um, so if you can just sort of ignore Falstaff's ridiculousness and Master Ford's truly horrific jealousy, he is like up there. It's like Othello, Claudio, Ford, like of the toxic males in, in, uh, Sh Shakespeare's canon in terms of just like jealousy stuff. Ford is brutal. Um, but Merry Wives, very silly, written entirely to appease a patron, but it's fun and it's got its moments and this cast is really great and it was a really fun birthday celebration. So I hope you, en you, are, you enjoy and I hope you can feel in the reading the fun that we had reading it for you. Sir Hugh, persuade me not, I will make a star chamber matter of it. If he were 20 Sir John Falstaff, he shall not abuse Robert Shallow, Esquire. In the country of Gloucester, justice of peace and quorum. I, Cousin Slender, and Costalorum. I, and Rattalorum, too. And a gentleman born, Master Parson, who writes himself Armigero in any bill for quittance or obligation. Armigero. I, that I do, and have done any time these three hundred years. All his successors gone before him have done it, and all his ancestors that come after him may. They may give the dozen white looses in their coat. It is an old coat. Aye, the dozen white looses do become an old coat well. It agrees well, passant it is a familiar beast to man and signifies love. The loose is the fresh fish. The salt fish is an old coat. I may court her, cuz. You may, by marrying. It is more indeed if you court her. Not a wit. Ah, uh, yes, poor lady. Uh, if he has a quarter of your coat, there is but three skirts for yourself in my simple conjectures. But that is all one. Uh, if Sir John Falstaff have committed disparagements unto you, I am of the church and will be glad to do my benevolence to make atonements and confidences between you. The council shall bear it. 
It is a riot. It is not me, a riot. I hear a riot. Ah, there is no fear of God in a riot. The Count won't look you. Shall desire to hear the fear of God and not to hear a riot. Uh, take your evasement in that. Ha! Oh, my life! If I were young again, the sword should end it. It is better that friends is the sword and end it. And there is also another device in my brain, uh, which free adventures brings good discretions with it. There is Anne Page, which is daughter to Master Thomas Page, which is pretty virginity. Mistress Anne Page? She hath brown hair and speaks small like a woman. Ah, it is that very person for all the world, just as you desire, and seven hundred pounds of monies and gold and silver is her grandsire upon his deathbed. God deliver to a joyful resurrections. Give when he is able to overtake the seventeen years old. Uh, it were a good motion if we leave our prebles and prabbles and desire marriage between Master Abraham and Mistress Anne Page. Did her grandsire leave her seven hundred pounds? Aye, and her father make her a pet or penny. I know the young gentlewoman. She has good gifts. Seven hundred pounds of possibilities is good gifts. <laughs> well, let us see honest Master Page. Is Falstaff there? Uh, shall I tell you a lie? Uh, I do despise a liar, as I do despise one that is false, or as I despise one that is not true. <laughs> the knight Sir John is there, and I beseech you, be ruled by your well rivers. I will peep the door for Master Page. What? Oh, uh, God bless your house here. Who's there? Enter Page. Ah, uh, here is God's blessing, and your friend and Justice Shallow, and here, young Master Slender, that pray adventures shall tell you another tale if matters grow to your likings. I am glad to see your worships well. I thank you for my venison, Master Shallow. Master Page, I am glad to see you. Much good do it, your good heart. I wished your venison better. It was ill-killed. How doth good Mistress Page? And I thank you always with my heart, La, with my heart. Sir, I thank you. Sir, I thank you. By yea and no, I do. I am glad to see you, good Master Slender. How does your fallow greyhound, sir? I heard say he was outrun on Cotsel. It could not be judged, sir. Confess, you'll not confess. That he will not. Tis your fault, tis your fault. Tis a good dog. A cur, sir. Sir, he's a good dog and a fair dog. Can there be more said? He is good and fair. Is Sir John Falstaff here? Sir, he is within, and I would I could do a good office between you. I just spoke as Christians ought to speak. He hath wronged me, Master Page. Sir, he doth in some sort confess it. If it be confessed, it is not redressed. Is not that so, Master Page? He hath wronged me. Indeed, he hath had a word. He hath. Believe me, Robert Shallow, Esquire, saith he is wronged. Oh, oh, oh. here comes Sir John. Enter Falstaff, Bardolph, Nim, and Pistol. Now, Master Shallow, you'll complain of me to the king. Knight. You have beaten my men, killed my dear, and broke open my lodge. But not kissed your keeper's daughter. Such a pin. This shall be answered. I will answer it straight. I have done all this. That is now answered. 
the council shall know this. Twere better for you if it were known in council. You'll be laughed at. Alcavarba, Sir John, good words. Good words, good cabbage. Slender, I broke your head. What matter have you against me? Mary, sir, I have a matter in my head against you and against your coney catching rascals, Bardoff, Nim, and Pistol. Benbury cheese. Aye, tis no matter. How now, Mephistopheles? Aye, it is no matter. Slice, I say. Palka, palka, slice. That's my humor. We're simple, my man. Can you tell cousin? Peace, I pray you. Now, let us understand. There is three umpires in this matter, as I understand. That is Master Page, Fidelicis, uh, uh, Fidelicit Master Page, and there is myself, Fidelicit myself, and ah. the three parties, lastly and finally, my host of the garter. We three, two, hear it, and end it between them. Very good. I will make a brief of it in my notebook, and we will afterwards arc upon the cause so as greatly as we can. Pistol? Mm. He is with gifts. The devil in his tent. What a phrase is this? Eight ears over his ear. Why is it affectations? Pistol, did you pick Master Slender's purse? I, by these gloves, he did. Or I would, I might never come in mine own great chamber again else. Of seven groats in mill sixpences and two Edward shuffleboards that cost me two shilling and two pence apiece of Yeed Miller. Buy these gloves. Is this true, Pistol? No, it is false if it is a pick purse. Ha! Thou mountain foreigner, Sir John and Master Mine, I combat challenge of this Latin Bilbo. Word of denial in thy labrus here. Word of denial, froth and scum, thou liest. By these gloves, then, twas he. Be advised, sir, and pass good humors. I will say merry trap with you if you run the nuthook's humor on me. That is the very note of it. By this hat, then he hath, he in the red face had it. For though I cannot remember what I did when you made me drunk, yet I am not altogether an ass. What say you, Scarlet and John? Why, sir, for my part, I say the gentleman had drunk himself out of his five senses. It is his five senses. Hi, what is yours, sis? And being fat, sir, was, as they say, cashiered. And so... Conclusions past the careers. Hi, you speak in Latin, too. It's no matter. I'll ne'er be drunk whilst I live again, but in honest, civil, godly company for this trick. If I be drunk, I'll be drunk with those that have the fear of God and not with drunken knaves. So God, don't me, that is a virtuous mind. You hear all these matters denied, gentlemen. You hear it. Enter Anne Page with wine, Mistress Ford, Mistress Page following. Nay, daughter, carry the wine in, we'll drink within. Exit Anne Page. Oh, heaven, this is Mistress Anne Page. How now, Mistress Ford? Mistress Ford, by my troth, you are very well met. By your leave, good mistress. Kisses her. 
Wife, bid these gentlemen welcome. Come, we have hot venison pasty to dinner. Come, gentlemen, I hope we shall drink down all unkindness. Exempt all except Shallow Slender and Sir Hugh Evans. I'd rather than forty shillings I had my book of songs and sonnets here. Enter Simple. How now, Simple, where have you been? I must wait on myself, must I? You have not the book of riddles about you, have you? Riddles? Uh, why, did you not lend it to Alice Shortcake upon all Hallowmas last a fortnight after Michaelmas? Come, cuz, come, cuz, we stay for you. A word with you, cuz, Mary, this, cuz, there is, as twere, a tender, a kind of tender, made afar off by Sir Hugh here. Do you understand me? Sir, you shall find me reasonable. If it be so, I shall do that that is reason. Nay, but understand me. So I do, sir. I give ear to his motions, Master Slender. I will description the matter to you if you be the capacity of it. Nay, I will do as my cousin Shallow says. I pray you, pardon me. He's a justice of peace in his country, simple though I stand here. Ah, but that is not the question. The question is concerning your marriage. Aye, there's the point, sir. Mary, it is. Uh, Mary, is it? Uh, the very point of it, to Mistress Anne Page. Why, if it be so, I will marry her upon any reasonable demand. Ah, but can you affection the omen? Let us command to know if, uh, that of your mouth or of your lips. For divers philosophers hold that lips is parcel of the mouth. Uh, therefore, precisely, can you carry your goodwill to the maid? Cousin Abraham Slender, can you love her? I hope, sir, I will do as it shall become one that would do reason. Nay, God's lords and his ladies, you must speak possible, if you can carry her to your desires towards her. That you must. Will you, upon good dowry, marry her? I will do a greater thing than that, upon your request, cousin, in any reason. Nay, conceive me, conceive me, sweet cousin. What I do is to pleasure you, cuz. Can you love the maid? I will marry her, sir, at your request. But if there be no great love in the beginning, yet heaven may decrease it upon better acquaintance when we are married and have more occasion to know one another. I hope upon familiarity will grow more contempt. But if you say marry her, I will marry her, that I am freely dissolved, dissolutely. It is a very discretion answer. Save the fall is in the art dissolutely. Or, or it is, according to our, me our meaning, resolutely. <laughs> His meaning is good. I, I think my cousin meant well. Or else I would, I might be hanged, la. Here comes fair Mistress Anne. Re-enter Anne Page. Would I were young for your sake, Mistress Anne. Dinner is on the table. My father desires your worship's company. I will wait on him, fair Mistress Anne. God's blessed will. I will be not be absent at the grace. Exempt shallow and Sir Hugh Evans. Will please your worship to come in, sir? Uh, no, thank you. Forsooth, heartily. I am... Very well. The dinner attends you, sir. 
I am not uh, hungry. I thank you, forsooth. Go, sirrah, for all you are my men. Go wait upon my cousin Cello. Exit simple. A justice of peace sometimes may be beholding to his friend for a man. I keep but three men and a boy yet till my mother be dead. But what though? Yet I live like a poor gentleman. I may not go in without your worship. They will not sit till you come. I'll eat nothing. I thank you as much as though I did. I pray you, sir, walk in. I had rather walk here, I thank you. I bruised my shin the other day with playing at sword and dagger with a master of defense. Three venets for a dish of stewed prunes. And by my trust, I cannot abide the smell of hot meat since. Why do your dogs bark so? Be there bears in the town? I think there are, sir. I heard them talked of. I love the sport well, but I shall as soon quarrel at it as any man in England. You are afraid if you see the bear loose, are you not? I indeed, sir. That's meat and drink to me now. I have seen Sackerson lose 20 times and have taken him by the chain. But I warn you, the women have so cried and shrieked at it that it passed. But women, indeed, cannot abide them. They are very ill-favored. Rough thing. Re-enter page. Come, gentle Master Slender, come. We stay for you. I'll eat nothing. I thank you, sir. My cock and pie, you shall not choose, sir. Come, come. Hey, hey, you. Lead the way. Come on, sir. Mr. Sam, yourself shall go first. That I, sir, pray you keep on. I'll rather be unmannerly than troublesome. You do yourself wrong, indeed, love. Exit. Scene two, the same. Enter Sir Hugh Evans and Simple. Ah, go your ways and ask of Dr. Caius's house which is the way, and there dwells one mistress quickly, uh, which is in the manner of his nurse, or his dry nurse, or his cook, or his laundry, his, his washer, his, his ringer. Um, well, sir? Nay, it is better yet. Give her this letter, uh, for it is an omen that altogether acquaintance with Mistress Anne Page. And the letter is to desire and require to solicit your master's desires to Mistress Anne Page. I pray you be gone. I will make an end of my dinner. There's pippins and chase to come. Exent. Scene three, a room in the Garter Inn. Enter Falstaff, host, Bardolph, Nim, Pistol, and Robin. Mine host of the Garter. What says my bully rook? Speak scholarly and wisely. Uh, truly, mine host, I must turn away some of my followers. This card, bully Hercules, cashier, let them wag. Trot, trot. I sit at ten pounds a week. Thou art an emperor, Caesar, Kaiser, and Fezar. I will entertain Bardolph. He shall draw, he shall tap. Said I well, bully Hector? Do so, good mine host. I have spoke. Let him follow. Let me see the froth and lime. I am at a word. Follow. Exit. 
Bardolph, follow him. A tapster is a good trade. An old cloak makes a new jerkin, a withered serving man, a fresh tapster. Go, adieu. It is a life that I have desired. I will thrive. Oh, base Hungarian white. Wilt thou the spigot wield? Exit Bardolph. He was gotten in drink. Is not the humor conceited? I am glad I am so acquitted of this tender box. His thefts were too open. His filching was like an unskillful singer. He kept not time. The good humor is to steal at a minute's rest. Ah, convey the wise it called. Steal a fickle for the phrase. Well, sirs, I am almost out at heels. Why then, let kives ensue. Mm. There is no remedy. I must coney catch. I must shift. Mm, young ravens must must have food. Which of you know Ford of this town? I ken the white. He is of substance good. My honest lads, I will tell you what I am about. Two, two yards and more. No quips now, Pistol. Indeed, <clears throat> I am in the waist, two yards about, but I am now about no waste. I am about thrift. Briefly, I do mean to make love to Ford's wife. I spy entertainment in her. She discourses, she carves, she gives the leer of invitation. I can construe the action of her familiar style and the hardest voice of her behavior to be Englished rightly is, I am John, Sir John Falstaffs. <laughs> he had studied her will and translated her will out of honesty into English. The anchor is deep. <laughs> will that humor pass? Now, the report goes she has all the rule of her husband's purse. He hath a legion of angels. <laughs> As many devils entertain. And to her boy, say I. Humor rises. It is good. Humor me, the angels. <laughs> I have written me here a letter to her. And here another to Paige's wife, who even now gave me good eyes to examine my parts with most judicious oeads. Sometimes the beam of her view gilded my foot, sometimes my portly belly. <laughs> then did the sun on dunghill shine. Thank thee for that humor. Oh, she did course o'er my exteriors with such a, a greedy intention that the appetite of her eye did seem to scorch me up like a burning glass. Here's another letter to her. She bears the purse, too. She is a, a region in Guyana, all gold and bounty. <laughs> I will be cheater to them both, and they shall be exchequers to me. They shall be my East and West Indies, and I will trade to them both. Go, bear thou this letter to Mistress Page, and thou this to Mistress Ford. We will thrive, lads. We will thrive. And shall I, Sir Pandarus of Troy, become, and by my side wear steel? <laughs> then, Lucifer, take all. I will run no base humor. Here, take the humor letter. I will keep the behavior of reputation. Hold, sirrah. Bear you these letters tightly. 
sail like my pinnance to these golden shores. Rogues, hints, avaunt, vanish like hailstones. Go, trud, trudge, plod away, away of the hoof, seek shelter, pack. Falstaff will learn the humor of the age. French thrift, you rogues, myself and skirted page. Exent Falstaff and Robin. Let vultures gripe thy guts, for gourd and Fulham holds, and high and low beguiles the rich and poor. Tester, I'll have in pouch when thou shalt lack base Phrygian Turk. I have operations which be humors of revenge. Wilt thou revenge? By Welkin and her star. With wit or steel? With both the humors, I. I will discuss the humor of this love to Paige. And I to Ford shall eke unfold how Falstaff, varlet vile, his dove will prove. His gold will hold and his soft couch defile. My humor shall not cool. I will incense Paige to deal with poison. I will possess him with yellowness, for the revolt of mine is dangerous. That is my true humor. <laughs> Thou art the Mars of malcontents. I second thee. Troop on. Exit. Scene four, a room in Dr. Caius's house. Enter Mistress Quickly, Simple, and Rugby. What? John Rugby? Uh-huh. Mm, mm. I pray thee, go to the casement and see if you can see my master, Master Dr. Caius, coming. And if you do, in faith, and find anybody in the house, here will be an old abusing of God's patience and the king's English. I'll go watch. Go, go. And we'll have a posset fortune at night, in faith, and the latter end of the sea coal. Uh-huh. Exit rugby. An honest, willing, kind fellow, as ever servant shall come in the house with all. And I warrant you, no telltale nor breed bait. Always worst fault is that he's given to prayer. Maybe something peevish that way, but nobody has his fault, but let that pass. Peter Simple, you said your name is? Um, uh, I, for a fault of a better. And Master Slender's your master? I, forsooth. Does he not wear a great round beard like a, a Glover's paring knife? Uh, no. Forsooth, he hath but a um, little wee face with a little yellow beard, a cane-colored beard. No. A uh, uh, softly sprited man, is he not? I forsooth, but he is as tall as a man of his hands as any is between this and his head. Uh, he hath fought with a warrener. How, uh, how, say you? Oh, I should remember him. Uh, does he not hold his head as if it were and like strut in his gait? Yes. Yes, indeed he does. Well, mm, heaven send and page no worse fortune. Tell Master Parson Evans, I will do what I can for your master. Anne is a good girl. I wish we had 
Out, alas, here comes my master. Oh, we shall all be shit. Uh, 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 run in here, good man. Uh, go into this closet, and uh, he will not stay long. Shut simple in the closet. Uh, what, John Rugby? Huh? John, John, what? John, John. I said, go, John, go inquire for my master. I doubt he will not, well, uh, that, that he not come home. And Dr. Caius. But if you sing, I do not like these toys. Pray you go and fetch me in my closet and whatever a box, a green box. Do you intend what I speak? A green box. I, forsooth. I'll fetch it you. Oh, I'm glad he were not himself. And uh, if he had found the young man, he would have been horn mad. Oh, uh, is this it, sir? Ah, we met. Leomon Pocket, Depeche, quickly. Where is that knave rugby? Uh, what? Uh, John Rugby! Uh-huh. John! Here, sir. You are John Rugby. And you are Jack Rugby. Come, take your rapier and come after my eel to the court. Tis ready, sir. Here in your porch. On my throat, I tarry too long. Odds me, casually. There is some simples in my closet that I will not for all this world I shall leave behind. <laughs> you find the young man here. Ah, diable! Diable! What is in my closet? Villain, Laurent, rapier, no, rugby, my rapier. Uh-huh. Like simple out. No, no, good master. Be content. Wherefore shall I be content? This young man is an honest man. What shall an honest man do in my closet? There is no honest man that shall come in my closet. I beseech you, be not so phlegmatic. Um, hear the truth of it. Uh, he came of an errand from Parson Hugh. Well. I, 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 I forsooth to desire her to, uh, to, uh, peace, <laughs> I pray you. Peace oh. your tongue. Speak your tale. Um, to a desire this honest gentlewoman your maid to speak a good word to mistress Anne Page for my master in the way of marriage and this is all indeed <laughs> but uh, I'll never put my finger in the fire and need not sir you send you Rugby, uh-huh. tell me some paper. Tarry you a little while. Right. I'm glad he's so quiet. If he had been thoroughly moved, you should have heard him so loud and so melancholy. Oh. But notwithstanding, ma'am, I'll do your master what good I can. And the very yea and no is 
the French doctor, uh, my master. You know, I may call him my master. Look, you for, for, I keep his house and I wash, ring, brew, bake, scour, dress meat, uh, and drink, make the bed. I do all myself. It uh, is a great charge to come under one body's hand. <laughs> are, are you, are you advised to that? You shall find it a great charge. And, and to be up early and down late, but um, oh, notwithstanding, <clears throat> to tell you in your ear, I would have no words of it. My master himself is in love with Mistress Anne Page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But notwithstanding that, um, I know Anne's mind. That's, that's neither here nor there. You, Jacques give this letter to Sir You. Bagar, it is a challenge. I will cut his throat in the park, and I will teach a scurvy jacquinet priest to meddle or make. You may be gone. It is not good you tarry here. Bagar, I will cut all his two stones. Bagar, he shall not have a stone to throw at his dog. Exit simple. Oh, alas, he speaks but for his friend. It is a no matter, Verdad. Do not you tell me that I shall have Anne Page for myself. Bagar, I will kill a Jacques priest. I have appointed my nose de Jartier to measure our weapon. Bagar, I will have myself have Anne Page. Sir, the maid loves you and, and all shall be well. Um, we must give folks leave to prate. Mm, you know, what, what, uh, the good chair. <laughs> me? Mm -hmm. Come to the court with me? My car, if I have not Anne Page, I shall turn your head out of my door. Follow my ears, Rugby. Uh-huh. Except Dr. Cassius and Rugby. Ooh, you shall have Anne's fool's head of your own. No, I know Anne's mind for that. Never a woman in Windsor knows more of Anne's mind than I do. No. Nor can do more than I do with her. No. I thank heaven. Who's within there, ho? Who's there? I trope. Come near the house, I pray you. Enter Fenton. Ta-da! <laughs> How now, good woman? How dost thou? All the better that it pleases your good worship to ask. <laughs> what news? How does pretty Mistress Anne? In truth, sir, she is pretty and uh, honest and uh -huh. gentle. Oh, yeah. And, and one that is your friend. I can <sighs> tell you that, by the way. Mm, I praise heaven for it. Shall I do any good, thinkst thou? Shall I not lose my suit? Oh, troth, sir, all is in his hands, above. Mm. But notwithstanding, Master Fenton, I'll be sworn on a book, she loves you. Mm. <clears throat> not your worship, a wart above your eye. Mm. Yes, Mary, have I? What of that? Well, thereby hangs a tale, good faith. It is such another, Nan, but I detest. An honest maid as ever broke bread, 
we had an hour's talk of that work. Hmm? <laughs> I shall never laugh but in that maid's company. Oh, but indeed, she is given too much Alex Holly and musing. Yeah, but for you, oh, well, go too. Well, I shall see her today. Hold, there's money for thee. Let me have thy voice in my behalf. If thou seest her before me, commend me. Oh, will I? Ah, in faith, that we will. And I will tell your worship more of that word the next time we have confidence. And of other wooers. Mm. Well, farewell. I am in great haste now. <laughs> farewell to your worship. <laughs> Truly an honest gentleman, but Anne loves him not. For I know Anne's mind as well as another does. How to pun it. What have I forgot? <laughs> Except act two, scene one before Paige's house. Enter Mistress Paige with a letter. God, have I escaped love letters in the holiday time of my beauty, and now am I subject to them? Let me see. Reads. Ask me no reason why I love thee, for thou love use reason for his physician he admits him not for his counselor you are not young uh no more am i go to then there's sympathy you are merry so am i <laughs> then there's more sympathy you love sack and and so do i would you desire better sympathy let it suffice thee, Mistress Page, at the least, if the, the, if, if the love of soldier can suffice, that I love thee. I will not say, pity me, tis not a soldier-like phrase, but I say, love me, by me, thine own true knight, by day or night, or any kind of light, with all this might, for thee to fight, John Falstaff. What a herit of jewelry is this? Oh, wicked world, one that is well nigh worn to pieces with age to show himself a young gallant? What an unweighed behavior hath this Flemish drunkard picked? With the devil's name out of my conversation that he dares in this manner assay me. Why, he hath not been thrice in my company. What should I say to him? I have then frugal of my mirth, heaven forgive me, why, I'll exhibit a bill in the parliament for the putting down of men. How shall I be revenged on him? For revenged I shall be, as sure as his guts are made of pudding. Enter Mistress Ford. Mistress Page, trust me, I was going to your house. Trust me, I was coming to you. You look very ill. Nay. I'll never believe that. I have to show to the contrary. A fate, but you do, in my mind. Well, I do then. <sighs> yeah, I say I could show you to the contrary. Oh, Mistress Page, give me some counsel. What's the matter? Woman. Oh, woman. 
If it were not for one trifling respect, I could come to such honor. Hang the trifle, woman. Take the honor. What is it? Dispense with trifles. What is it? I would go to hell for an eternal moment or so. I could be knighted. What? Thou liest. Sir Alice Ford, these knights will hack, and so thou shouldst not alter the article of thy gentry. We burn daylight. Here, read, read. Perceive how I might be knighted. I shall think the worst of fat men, as long as I have an eye to make difference of men's liking. And yet he would not swear. Praised women's modesty, and gave such orderly and well-behaved reproof to all uncomeliness that I would have sworn his disposition would have gone to the truth of his words. But they do no more adhere and keep place together than the hundredth palm to the tune of green sleeves. What tempest, I trow, through this whale with so many tons of oil in his belly ashore at Windsor. How shall I be revenged on him? I think the best way were to entertain him with hope, till the wicked fire of lust had melted him in his own grease. <laughs> Did you ever hear the like? Letter for letter. But that the name of Page and Ford differs to thy great comfort in this mystery of ill opinions. Here's the twin brother of thy letter. But let thine inherit first, for I protest mine never shall. I warrant he hath a thousand of these letters written blank verse space for different names. Sure, more. And these are the second edition. He will print them out of doubt. For he cares, uh, he cares not what he puts into the press when he would put us to. I'd rather be a giantess and lie under Mount Pelion. Well, I will find you 20 lascivious turtles ere one chaste man. Why, this is the very same, the very hand, the very words. What doth he think of us? Nay, I know not. It makes me almost ready to wrangle with mine own honesty. I'll entertain myself like one that I am not acquainted with all, for sure, unless he knows some strain in me that I know not myself, he would never have boarded me in this fury. <laughs> Boarding, call you it. I'll be sure to keep him above deck. <laughs> so will I, if he come <laughs> under my hatches. I'll never to see again. Mm. Let's be revenged on him. Let's appoint him a meeting. Give him a show of comfort in his suit and lead him on with a fine baited delay till he hath pawned his horses to mine host of the garter. Nay, I will consent to act any villainy against him that may not sully the chariness of our honesty. Oh, that my husband saw this letter. It would give eternal food to his jealousy. Oh, why, look where he comes. And he's a good man, too. He's as far from jealousy as I am from giving him cause. And that, I hope, is an unmeasurable distance. You are the happier woman. Let's consult together against this greasy knight. Come hither. They retire. Enter Ford with pistol and page in with Nim. Well, I hope it be not so. Uh, hope is a curdled dog in some affairs. Sir John affects thy wife. Why, sir, my wife is not young. He woos both high and low, both rich and poor, both young and old. One 
with another Ford. He loves the Gallimaufry. Ford, perpend. Love my wife. With liver burning hot? Prevent or go thou like Sir Acteon he with ringwood at thy heels. Oh, odious is the name. What name, sir? The horn, I say. Farewell. Take heed. Have open eye, for thieves do foot by night. Take heed ere summer comes or cuckoo birds do sing. Away, Sir Corporal Nim. Believe it, Page. He speaks sense. Exit. I will be patient. I will find out this. And this is true. I like not the humor of lying. He hath wronged me in some humors. I should have borne the humored letter to her. But I have a sword, and it shall bite upon my necessity. He loves your wife. There's the short and the long. My name is Corporal Nim. I speak, and I avouch. Tis true. My name is Nim, and Falstaff loves your wife. Adieu. I love not the humor of bread and cheese, and there is the humor of it. Adieu. The humor of it, quoth they. Here's a fellow frights English out of his wits. I will seek out Falstaff. I never heard such a drawling, affecting rogue. If I do find it, well. I will not believe such a catian, though the priest of the town commended him for a true man. Twas a good, sensible fellow. Well. How now, Meg? Mistress Page and Mistress Ford come forward. Whither go you, George? Hark you. Oh, now, sweet Frank, why art thou melancholy? I melancholy? I am not melancholy. Get you home. Go. Faith, thou hast some conscience in thy head. How will you go, Mistress Page? Have with you. You'll come to dinner, George. Look who comes yonder. She shall be our messenger to this paltry night. Trust me, I thought on her. She'll fit it. Enter mistress quickly. You are come to see my daughter, Anne? Aye, yeah, forsooth. Uh, and I pray, how does good mistress Anne? Go in with us and see. We have an hour's talk with you. Exit mistress Page, mistress Ford, and mistress quickly. How now, master Ford? You heard what this knave told me, did you not? Yes, and you heard what the other told me. Do you think there is truth in them? Oh, hang them, slaves. I do not think the knight would offer it. But these that accuse him in his intent towards our wives are a yoke of his discarded men, very rogues. Now they be out of service. Were they his men? Very. Were they? I like it never the better for that. Does he lie at the garter? Ay, Mary does. If he should intend this voyage towards my wife, I would turn her loose to him and 
What he gets more of her than sharp words, let it lie on my head. I do not misdoubt my wife, but I would be loath to turn them together. A man may be too confident. I would have nothing lie on my head. I cannot thus, I cannot be thus satisfied. Oh, look where my ranting host of the garter comes. There is either liquor in his pate or money in his purse when he looks so merrily. And your host. How now, mine host? How now, bully rook? Thou art a gentleman. Cavallero justice, I say. Enter shallow. I follow mine host, I follow. Good evening and twenty, good Master Page. Master Page, will you go with us? We have sport in hand. Tell him, Cavallero Justice, tell him, Bully Rook. Sir, there is a fray to be fought between Sir Hugh, the Welsh priest, and Caius, the French doctor. Good, mine host of the garter. A word with you. Drawing him aside. What sayest thou, my bully rook? Will you go with us to behold it? My merry host hath had the measuring of their weapons, and I think hath appointed them contrary places. For believe me, I hear the parson is no jester. Hark, I will tell you what our sport shall be. They converse apart. Hast thou no suit against my knight, my guest cavalier? None, I protest, or I'll give you a pottle of burnt sack to give me recourse to him and tell him my name is Brooke, only for a jest. My hand, bully, thou shalt have egress and regress. Said I well? And thy name shall be Brooke. It is a merry night. Will you go and heres? With you, mine host. I have heard the Frenchman hath good skill in his rapier. But, sir, I could have told you more. In these times you stand on distance, your passes, toccados, and I know not what. Tis the heart, Master Page, tis here, tis here. I have seen the time with my long sword. I would have made you four tall fellows skip like rats. Here, boys, here, here, shall we wag? Uh, have with you. I would rather hear them scold than fight. Exit host, shallow and page. Though page be a secure fool and stand so firmly on his wife's frailty, yet I cannot put off my opinion so easily. She was in his company at Page's house, and what they made there I know not. Well, I will look further in toot, and I have a disguise to sound Falstaff. If I find her honest, I lose not my labor. If she be otherwise, tis labor well bestowed. Exit. Scene two, a room in the garter inn. Enter Falstaff and Pistol. I will not lend thee a penny. Why, then, the world's mine oyster, which, which I with sword will open. Not a penny. 
I have been content, sir. You should lay my countenance to pawn. I have grated upon good friends for three reprieves for you and your coach fellow Nim, or else you had looked through the grate like a gemini of baboons. I am damned in hell for swearing to gentlemen, my friends, you were good soldiers and tall fellows. And when Mistress Bridget lost the handle of her fan, I took it upon mine honor thou hadst it not. Didst thou not share? Hadst thou not fifteen pence? Reason, you rogue, reason. Thinkest thou I'll endanger my soul gratis? <laughs> At a word. Hang no more about me. I am no gibbet for you. Go. Short knife and a throng to your manner of pictatch. Go. You'll not bear a letter for me, you rogue. You stand upon your honor. Why? Thou unconfinable baseness. It is as much as I can do to keep the terms of my honor precise. I, I, I myself sometimes leaving the fear of God on the left hand and hiding mine honor in my necessity am fain to shuffle, uh, to hedge, and to lurch. And yet you, rogue, will ensconce your rags, your catamounted looks, your red lattice phrases, and your bold beating oaths under the shelter of your honor. You will not do it, you? Mm. I do relent. What would thou more of, man? Enter Robin. Sir, here's a woman would speak with you. Let her approach. Enter mistress quickly. Mm. Give your worship good morrow. Good morrow, good wife. Oh, not so. (laughs) And please your worship. Uh, good... Maid, then? I'll be sworn. As my mother was, first hour I was born. (laughs) (laughs) I do believe the swearer. What with me? Uh, shall I vouchsafe, your worship, a word or two? Oh, two thousand, fair woman, and I'll vouchsafe thee the hearing. Hmm. There is one, Mistress Ford, sir. I I pray, come a little nearer this way. I dwell myself. With uh, Master Dr. Caius. Well on, Mistress Ford, you say. Oh, your worship, says very true. Um, I pray, your worship, um, come a little nearer this ways. I warrant thee nobody hears, mine own people, mine own people. Are they so? Oh, God bless them, I make them his servants. Mm. Mistress Ford, what of her? Oh, why, sir, she's a good creature, Lord. Oh, Lord, your worship's a wanton. <laughs> well, heaven forgive you and, and all of us, I pray. Mm. Mistress Ford, come, Mistress Ford. Oh, Mary, this is the short and long of it. Mm. You have brought her into such a canaries as tis wonderful. Mm. The best courtier of them all. When the court lay at Windsor, could never have brought her such a canary. Yet there has been knights and and lords and gentlemen with their coaches. I warrant you, know, um, coach after coach and letter after letter, gift after gift, smelling so sweetly, all musk and so rustling. 
I warrant you, in silk and gold and in such elegant terms and in such wine and sugar of the best and the fairest that would have won any woman's heart. I warrant you. And they could never get an eye wink of her. I had myself 20 angels given me this morning. Ah, but I defy all angels um, in any such sort, as they say, but in the way of honesty. And I warrant you, they could never get her as much a sip on a cup with the proudest of them all. Mm, mm, mm. And yet, there has been earls, uh, nay, um, which is more pensioners. Mm. But I warrant you, all is one with her. Mm. But what says she to me? Uh, be brief, my good she, Mercury. Oh, Mary, uh, she hath received your letter, uh, for the which she thanks you a thousand times, and she gives you to notify that her husband will be absent from his house between 10 and 11. 10 and 11. Hi, forsooth. And then you may come and see the picture, she says, uh, that you wot of. Master Ford, her husband, will be from home. Oh, alas, the sweet woman leads an ill life with him. Mm. She, he's a very jealousy man. Mm. She leads a very frampled life with him. Oh, good heart. Ten and eleven. Woman, commend me to her. I will not fail her. Ah, oh, why say you well? Mm. Oh, but I have another messenger to your worship. Mistress Page hath her hearty commendation to you too. Mm. And let me tell you in your ear, she's as fractious, uh, a civil, modest wife, and, and one, I tell you, um, that will not miss you morning or evening prayer as any is in Windsor, um, whoever be the other. And she bade me tell your worship that her husband is seldom from home. Um, but she hopes there will come a time. Um, I never knew a woman to dote upon a man. Surely, I think you have charms. <laughs> yes, in truth. Not I, I assure thee. Setting the attractions of my good parts aside, I, I have no other charms. Oh, blessings on your heart for it. But I pray thee, tell me this. Has Ford's wife and Paige's wife acquainted each other? How they love me? Oh, <laughs> that were a jest indeed. Um, they have not so little grace, I hope. Um, <laughs> that, that were a trip indeed. <laughs> uh, but Mistress Page would desire you to send her, uh, your, your little page. Um, of all loves, uh, her husband has a marvelous infection uh, to the little page. Uh, and truly... Master Page is an honest man. Mm -hmm. uh, never a wife in Windsor leads a better life than she does. Uh, do what she will, say what she will, you know, take all, pay all, go to bed when she lists, rise when she lists, you know, always as she will. Mm -hmm. uh, and truly, she deserves it. For there be a kind woman in Windsor, she is one. Mm. You must send her your page, no remedy. Why, I will. Mm. Nay, but do so, then. And look you, he may come and go between you both, and in any case, have a nay word 
that you know one another's mind and the boy never need to understand anything. Um, for it is not good that children should know any wickedness. You know, old folks, you know, have discretion, you know, as they say. Yeah, the, the know, know the world. Fare thee well. Commend me to them both. Uh, there's my purse. I am yet thy debtor. Boy, go along with this woman. Exit Mistress Quigley and Robin. <laughs> this news distracts me. <laughs> this punk is one of Cupid's carriers. Clap on more sails. Pursue. Up with your fights. Give fire. She is my prize. Or ocean whelm them all. Exit. <laughs> Sayst thou so, old Jack? Go thy ways. I'll make more of thy old body than I have done. Oh! Will they yet look after thee? Wilt thou, after the expense of so much money, now be a gainer? Hm. Good body, I thank thee. Let them say tis grossly done. So it be fairly done, no matter. Enter Bardolph. Sir John, there's one Master Brook below would fain speak with you. And be acquainted with you. And hath sent your worship a morning's draft of sack. Mm. Ah. Brook is his name. Hi, sir. Call him in. Exit Bardolph. Such brooks are welcome to me that o'erflow such liquor. <laughs> Mistress Ford and Mistress Page, have I encompassed you? Go to, via. Enter Bar- we enter Bardolph with Ford disguise. Oh, bless you, sir. And you, sir. Would you speak with me? I make bold to press so little preparation upon you. Oh, you're welcome. What's your will? Give us leave, drawer. Sir, I am a gentleman that have spent much. My name is Brooke. Good Master Brooke, I desire more acquaintance of you. Good Sir John, I sue for yours. Not to charge you, for I must let you understand I think myself in better plight for a lender than you are. The which hath something emboldened me to this unseasoned intrusion. For they say, if money go before, always do lie open. Money is a good soldier, sir, and will on. Troth, and I have a bag of money here troubles me. If you will help to bear it, Sir John, take all or half for easing me of the carriage. Sir, I know not how I may deserve to be your porter. I will tell you, sir, if you will give me the hearing. Speak, good Master Brooke. I shall be glad to be your servant. Sir, I hear you are a scholar. I will be brief with you, and you have been a man long, long known to me though I have never so good means as desire to make myself acquainted with you. I shall discover a thing to you, wherein I must very much lay open mine own imperfections. 
But, good Sir John, as you have one eye upon my follies, as you hear them unfolded, turn another into the register of your own, that I may pass with a reproof the easier, since you yourself know how easy it is to be such an offender. Very well, sir. Proceed. There is a gentlewoman in this town. Her husband's name is Ford. Well, sir. I have long loved her, and I protest to you bestowed much on her, followed her with a doting observance, engrossed opportunities to meet her, feed every slight occasion that could but niggardly give me sight of her not only for many presents to give her, but have given largely to many to know what she would have given. Briefly I have pursued her as love hath pursued me, which hath been on the wing of all occasions. But whatsoever I have merited, either in my mind or in my means, need, I am sure, I have received none unless experience be a jewel that I have purchased at an infinite rate, and that hath taught me to say this. Love like a shadow flies when substance love pursues, pursuing that the fly, pursuing that that flies, and flying what pursues. Have you received no promise of satisfaction at her hands? Never. Have you importuned her to such a purpose? Never. Of what quality was your love, then? Like a fair house built on another man's ground, so that I have lost my (sighs) edifice by mistaking the place where I erected it. To what purpose have you unfolded this to me? When I have told you that, I have told you all. Some say that though she appear honest to me, yet in other places she enlargeth her mirth so far that there is shrewd construction made of her. Now, Sir John, here is the heart of my purpose. You are a gentleman of excellent breeding, an admirable discourse of great admittance, authentic in your place and person generally allowed for your many warlike, court-like, and learned preparations. Oh, sir. Believe it, for you know there is money. Spend it. Spend it. Spend more. Spend all I have. Only give me so much of your time in exchange of it as to lay an amiable siege to the honesty of this Ford's wife. Use your art of wooing. Win her to consent to you. If any man may, you may as soon any. Would it apply well to the vehemency of your affection that I should win what you would enjoy? Methinks... You prescribe to yourself very preposterously. Oh, understand my drift. 
she dwells so securely on the excellency of her honor that the folly of my soul dares not present itself. She is too bright to be looked against. Now I could, could I come, come to her with any detection in my hand? My desires had instance and argument to commend themselves. I could drive her then from the ward of her purity, her reputation, her marriage vow, and a thousand other defenses. Her defenses, which now are too strongly embattled against me. What say you to it, Sir John? Master Brooke, I will first make bold with your money. Yoink. Next, give me your hand. And last, as I am a gentleman, you shall, if you will, enjoy Ford's wife. Oh, good sir. I say you shall. Want no money, Sir John. You shall want none. Want no Mistress Ford, Master Brooke. You shall want none. I shall be with her, I may tell you, by her own appointment. Even as you came into me, her assistant or go-between parted from me. I say... I shall be with her between ten and eleven, for at that time the jealous, rascally knave, her husband, will be forth. Come you to me at night. You shall know how I speed. I am blessed in your acquaintance. Do you know Ford, sir? Hang him, poor cuckoldly knave. I know him not, yet I wrong him to call him poor. They say the jealous, wittily knave hath masses of money, for the which his wife seems to me well favored. I will use her as the key of the cuckoldly rogue's coffer, and there's my harvest home. I would you knew, Ford, sir, that you might avoid him if you saw him. Hang him, mechanical salt-butter rogue. I will stare him out of his wits. I will awe him with my... uh, Cudgel, it shall hang like a meteor or the cuckold's horns. <laughs> Master Brook, thou shalt know I will predominate over the peasant, and thou shalt lie with his wife. Come to me soon at night. Ford's a knave, and I will aggravate his style. Thou, Master Brook, shalt know him for knave and cuckold. <laughs> Come to me soon at night. Exit. What a damned Epicurean rascal is this. My heart is ready to crack with impatience. Who says this is improvident jealousy? My wife hath sent to him. The hour is fixed. The match is made. Would any man have thought this? See the hell of having a false woman. My bed shall be abused, my coffers ransacked, my reputation gnawn at, and I shall not only receive this villainous wrong, but stand under the adoption by of abominable terms, and by him that does me this wrong. Terms, names, a maimon sounds well, Lucifer, well, Barbason, well. Yet they are devil's additions, the names of fiends, but cuckold, whittle, 
cockled. The devil himself hath not such a name. Page is an ass, a secure ass. He will trust his wife. He will not be jealous. I will rather trust a flaming Fleming with my butter, Parson Hugh the Welshman with my cheese, an Irishman with my aqua vitae bottle, or a thief to walk my ambling gelding than my wife with herself. Then she plots, then she ruminates, then she devises, and what they think in their hearts they may affect. They will break their hearts, but they will affect. God be praised for my jealousy. Eleven o'clock the hour, I will prevent this, detect my wife, be revenged on Falstaff, and laugh at Paige. I will about it. Better three hours too soon than a minute too late. Fie, 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 cuckold, cuckold, cuckold. Exit. Scene three, a field near Windsor. Enter, enter Dr. Caius and Rugby. Check, Rugby. Uh-huh, sir. What is the clock? Check. Ah, uh, it's uh, past the hour, sir, that Sir Hugh promised to meet. Bagarius, save his soul, that he has no come. He has pray his Bible well, that he has no come. Bagar Jacrabi, he is dead already, if he be come. Uh-huh, he is wise, sir. You knew your worship would kill him if he came. Bagar, the erring is not dead, so I will kill him. Take your rapier, Jack. I will tell you how I will kill him. Uh, uh, alas, sir, I cannot fence. Villainy, take your rapier. Forbear, here is the company. Enter host, shallow, slender, and page. Bless thee, bully doctor. Master Dr. Caius. Now, good master doctor. Give you good morrow, sir. That be all you one, two, three, four, come for? To see thee fight, to see thee foin, to see thee traverse, to see thee here, to see thee there, to see thee pass, pass thy punto, thy stop, thy reverse, thy distance, thy montant. Is he dead, my Ethiopian? Is he dead, my Francisco? Ha! Bully! What says my Esculapius, my Galen, my heart of elder? Ha! Is he dead, Bully Stale? Is he dead? Bagar is a coward, Jack Priest of all the world. He is not showing his face. Thou art a Castellian King Urinal, Hector of Greece, my boy. I pray you bear witness that me hey stay six or seven, two, three, four hours for him, and he is no come. He is the wiser man, Master Doctor. He is a cure of souls and you a cure of bodies. If you should fight, you go against the hair of your professions. Is it not true, Master Page? Master Shallow, you have yourself been a great fighter, 
dope now, man. Peace. Bodykins, Master Page. Though I now be old and of the peace, if I see a sword out, my finger itches to make one. Though we are justices and doctors and churchmen, Master Page, we have some salt of our youth in us. We are the sons of women, Master Page. Tis true, Master Shallow. It will be found so, Master Page. Master Dr. Caius, I am come to fetch you home. I am sworn of the peace. You have showed yourself a wise physician, and Sir Hugh hath shown himself a wise and patient churchman. You must go with me, Master Doctor. Pardon, guest justice. A word, Monsieur Mockwater. Mockwater? What is that? Mockwater in our English tongue is valor, bully. By God, and I have as much mockwater as the Englishman. Scurvy jackdog crease. By God, me will cut his ears. He will clapper claw thee tightly, bully. Clapper's a claw? What is that? Oh, that is, he will make the amends. By God, me do look he shall clapper the claw me, for by God, me will have it. And I will provoke him to it, or let him wag. Oh, me thank you for that. And moreover, bully. But first, master guest and master page and eke cavallero slender, go you through the town to Frogmore. Sir Hugh is there, is he? He is there. See what humor he is in, and I will bring the doctor about by the fields. Will it do well? We will do it. Good. Good. Master Doctor! Exempt paid shallow and slender. Bagar me will kill the priest for he speak for a jacanip to Aunt Page. Let him die. Sheathe thy impatience. Throw cold water on thy collar. Go about the fields with me through Frogmore. I will bring thee where Mistress Anne Page is at a farmhouse of feasting, and thou shalt woo her. Cried I aim. Said I well? Bagar, me thank you for that. Bagar, I love you. And I shall procure you, the good guests, the earls, the knights, the lords, the gentlemen, my patience. For the which I will be thy adversary towards Anne Page. Said I well? Bagar, tis good, well said. Let us wag then. Come at my ears, Jacques Rugby. Off. Act three, scene one. A field near Frogmore. Enter Sir Hugh Evans and Simple. I pray you now, good master slender serving man and friend uh, Simple by your name. Uh, which way have you looked for Master Caius that calls himself the doctor of physic? Oh, um, Mary, sir, the pity ward, the park ward. Every way, old Windsor way, and every way but the town way. I most vehemently desire you would look, also look that way. I will, sir. Exit. Ah, bless my soul, how full of colors I am, and <laughs> ah, trembling of mind. I shall be glad if he have deceived me. <laughs> 
how melancholy I am. I will know these urinals about his nate constrad when I have good opportunities of the work. I bless my soul. <clears throat> the shallow rivers to whose falls melodious birds sings madrigals. And I will make our beds of rose and a thousand fragrant posies to shallow. Oh, <laughs> mercy on me. I have a great disposition to cry. <sighs> melodious birds sing madrigals when I sat in Pavilion. And a thousand vagrant posies to shallow and etc. Re enter simple. Ah, uh, yonder. He is coming ah, he's this welcome. way. He's coming this way, Sir Hugh. Hi, he's welcome. <laughs> huh. To shallow rivers, uh, to whose falls, uh, heaven prosper the right. What weapon is he? Uh, no weapons, sir. But there comes my master, Master Shallow, and another gentleman from Frogmore over the stile this way. Uh, but, uh, pray you give me my gown, or uh, keep it in your arm. Enter Page, Shallow, and Slender. Oh, now, Master Parson, good morrow, good Sir Hugh. Keep a gamester from the dice and a good student from his book, and it is wonderful. Uh, <laughs> sweet and page. Save you, good Sir Hugh. Uh, bless you from his mercy, say, call it you. What? The sword and the word? Do you study them both, Master Parson? Oh, and youthful still, in your doublet and hose this raw rheumatic day. There is reasons and causes for it. We are come to do you a good office, Master Parson. Uh, very well. What is it? Yonder is a most reverend gentleman, who, belike having received wrong by some person, is at most odds with his own gravity and patience that ever you saw. I have lived four score years and upward. I never heard a man of his place, gravity, and learning so wide of his own respect. <laughs> what is he? I think you know him. Master Dr. Caius, the renowned French physician. Oh, God's will in his fashion of my heart. I as a lady would tell me of a, a mess of porridge. Why? He has no more knowledge in Hippocrates and Galen. Uh, he is a knave besides, a cowardly knave as you would desire to be acquainted with all. I warned you, he's the man should fight with him. Oh, sweet Anne Page. It appears so by his weapons. Keep them asunder. Here comes Dr. Caius. And your host, Dr. Caius in rugby. Nay, good master parson, keep in your weapon. So do you, good master doctor. Disarm them, and let them question. Let them keep their limbs whole and hack our English. I pray you, let me speak a word in your ear. Wherefore will you not meet me? <laughs> I pray you, use your patience in good time. Bagar, you are a coward, the jackdog, John Ape. <laughs> pray you, let us not be laughingstocks to other men's humors. I desire you in friendship. And I will one way or the other make you amends. 
I will note your urinals about your name's coxswain for missing your meetings and appointments. Diable! Jacques Robbie, uh -huh. my nose de jartier, have I not stay for him to kill him? Have I not at the place I did appoint? Yes, I am a Christian soul now. Look you, this is the place appointed. I'll be the judgment by my host of the guard. Peace, I say, Gallia and Gaul, French and Welsh, soul curer and body curer. Aye, that is very good, excellent. Peace, I say. I hear mine host of the garter. Hear, hear, hear mine host of the, it's me. Hear mine host of the garter. Am I politic? Am I subtle? Am I Machiavell? Shall I lose my doctor? No. He gives me the potions and the motions. Shall I lose my parson, my priest, my Sir Hugh? No. He gives me the proverbs and the no verbs. Give me thy hand terrestrial so give me thy hand celestial so boys of art i have deceived you both i have directed you to wrong places your hearts are mighty your skins are whole and let burnt sack be the issue come <clears throat> lay their swords to pawn follow me lads of peace follow 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 trust me a mad host follow gentlemen Follow. Sweet Aunt Page. Excellent shallow, slender, page, and host. Ah, uh, do I perceive that? Have you made this sort of us? <laughs> this is well. He has made us his flouting stock. I desire you that we may be friends. Let us know our friends together uh, to be revenge on this same skull, scurvy, cogging companion, the host of the garter. By garb is all my art. He promised to me. Where is Anne Page? By garb, he'd deceive me too. Well, I will smite his noodles. Pray, follow. Exit. Scene two, a street. Enter Mistress Page and Robin. Nay, keep your way, little gallant. You were wont to be a follower, but now you are a leader. Whether had you rather led mine eye or I my master's heels? I had rather, forsooth, go before you like a man that follow him like a dwarf. Oh, you are a flattering boy. Now I see you'll be a courtier. Enter Ford. Well met, Mistress Page. Whither go you? Truly, sir, to see your wife. Is she at home? Aye, and as idle as she may hang together for want of company. I think if your husbands were dead, you two would marry. Be sure of that to other husbands. Where had you this pretty weathercock? I cannot tell what the dickens his name is. My husband had him of... What do you call your knight's name, Sirrah? Sir John Falstaff. Sir John Falstaff! He, he, I can never hit on his name. There is such a league between my good man and he. Is your wife at home indeed? Indeed she is. By your leave, sir, I am sick till I see her. Has Paige any brains? Hath he any eyes? Hath he any thinking? Sure they sleep. He hath no use of them. 
Why, this boy will carry a letter 20 mile as easy as cannon will shoot point blank 12 score. He pieces out his wife's inclination. He gives her folly motion and advantage. And now she's going to my wife and Falstaff's boy with her. A man may hear this shower sing in the wind and Falstaff's boy with her. Good plots they are laid and our revolted wives share damnation together. Well, I will take him, then torture my wife, pluck the borrowed veil of modesty from the so-seeming so seeming Mistress Page, divulge Page himself for secure and willful Actaean, and to these violent proceedings all my neighbors shall cry aim. The clock gives me my cue and my assurance bids me search. There I shall find Falstaff. I shall be rather praised for this than, than mocked, for it is as positive as the earth is firm that Falstaff is there. I will go. Enter Page, Shallow, Slender Host, Sir Hugh Evans, Dr. Caius, and Rugby. Well met, oh, Master Ford. Trust me, a good knot. I have good cheer at home, and I pray you all go with me. I must excuse myself, Master Ford. And so must I, sir. <clears throat> we have appointed to dine with Mistress Anne, and I would not break with her for more money than I'll speak of. We have lingered about a match between Anne Page and my cousin Slender, and this day we shall have our answer. I hope I have your goodwill. Father Page. You have, Master Slender. I stand holy for you, but my wife, Master Doctor, is for you altogether. I, Begar, and the maid is love me. My nurse quickly tell me as much. What say you to young Master Fenton? He capers, he dances, he has eyes of youth, he writes verses, he speaks holiday, he smells April and May. He will carry it. He will carry it. Tis in his buttons. He will carry it. Not by my consent, I promise you. The gentleman is of no having. He kept company with the wild prince of po and point. He is of too high a region. He knows too much. No, he shall not knit a knot in his fortunes with the finger of my substance. If he take her, let him take her simply. The wealth I have waits on my consent, and my consent goes not that way. I beseech you heartily, some of you go home with me to dinner. Besides your cheer, you shall have sport. I will show you a monster. Master Doctor, you shall go. So shall you, Master Page, and you, Sir Hugh. Well, fare you well. We shall have the freer wooing at Master Page's. Exit shallow and slender. Go home, John Rugby. I come and no. Exit Rugby. Farewell, my hearts. I will to my honest knight Falstaff and drink canary with him. 
Exit. I think I shall drink in pipe wine first with him. I'll make him dance. Will you go, gentles? And with you, Exit. Scene three, a room in Ford's house. Enter Mistress Ford and Mistress Page. What, John? What, Robert? Quickly, quickly, is the buck basket? I warrant, what, Robin, I say? Come, come, come. Here, here, set it down. Give your men the charge, we must be brief. Mary, as I told you before, John and Robert, be ready here, hard by, in the brew house. And when I suddenly call you, come forth, and without any pause or staggering, take this basket on your shoulders. That done, trudge with it in all haste, and carry it among the Wisters and dashed mead. And there, empty it in the muddy ditch close by the Thames side. You will do it? Cut, hold them over and over. They lack no direction. Be gone, and come when you are called. Exit servant. Here comes little Robin. Enter Robin. How now, my eyes musket? What news with you? My master, Sir John, is come at your back door, Mrs. Ford, and requests your company. Hey, little Jacqueline, have you been true to us? I, I'll be sworn, my master knows not of you being here and hath threatened to put me into everlasting liberty if I tell you of it, for he swears he'll turn me away. Thou art a good boy. The secrecy of thine shall be a tailor to thee, and shall make thee a new doublet and hose. I'll go hide me. Yay! Go. Go tell thy master I am alone. Exit Robin. Mistress Page, remember you your cue. I warrant thee, uh, if I do not act, hiss me. Exit. Go to then. We'll use this unwholesome humidity, this gross, watery, Humpian. <laughs> we'll teach him to know turtles from jays. Enter Falstaff. Have I caught thee, my heavenly jewel? Why, now let me die, for I have lived long enough. This is the period of my ambition. Oh, this blessed hour. Oh, oh sweet Sir John. Mistress Ford, I, I cannot cog. I cannot prate. Mistress Ford, now shall I sin in my wish. I would thy husband were dead. I'll speak it before the best lord. I would make thee my lady. I, your lady, Sir John. Alas, I should be a pitiful lady. Let the court of France show me such another. I see how thine eye would emulate the diamond. Thou hast the right arched beauty of the brow that becomes the ship tire, the tire valiant, or, or any tire of Venetian admittance. Oh, a plain handkerchief, Sir John. My brows become nothing else. Yeah. Not well, neither. By the Lord, thou art a traitor to say so. Thou wouldst make an absolute courtier, and the firm fixture of thy foot would give an Excellent motion to thy gate in a semi-circled farthingale. I see what thou wert. Fortune thy foe were not, nature thy friend. Come, thou canst not hide it. 
believe there's no such thing in me. What made me love thee? Let that persuade thee there's something extraordinary in thee. Come. I cannot cog and say thou art this and that like a many of those lisping hawthorn buds that come like women in men's apparel and smell like Bucklersbury in simple time. I cannot. But I love thee, none but thee, and thou deservest it. Do not betray me, sir. I fear you love Mistress Page. Thou mightst as well say I love to walk by the counter gate, which is as hateful to me as the reek of a lime kiln. Well, heaven knows how I love you, and you shall one day find it. I'll keep that in mind. I'll deserve it. Nay, I must tell you. So you do, or else I could not be in that mind. Mistress Ford, Mistress Ford, here's Mrs. Page at the door, sweating and blowing and looking wildly, and would they speak with you presently? Uh, she shall not see me. I will ensconce me behind the arras. Pray you do so. She's a very tattling woman. Falstaff hides himself, re-enter Mistress Page and Robin. What's the matter? How now? Oh, Mistress Ford, what have you done? You're shamed, you're overthrown, you're undone forever. What's the matter, good Mistress Page? Oh, well, a day, Mistress Ford, having an honest man to your husband to give him such cause of suspicion. What cause of suspicion? What cause of suspicion? Out upon you! How am I mistook in you? Why, alas, what is the matter? Your husband's coming hither, woman, with all the officers in Windsor, to search for a gentleman that he says is here now in the house by your consent, to take an ill advantage of his essence. You are undone. Tis not so, I hope. Pray heaven it be not so, that you have such a man here. But tis most certain your husband's coming, with half Windsor at his heels, to search for such a one. I come before to tell you, if you know yourself clear, why I am glad of it. But if you have a friend here, convey, convey him out. Be not amazed, call all your senses to you. Defend your reputation, or bid farewell to your good life forever. What shall I do? <laughs> there is a gentleman, my dear friend, and I fear not mine own shame so much as his peril, and rather a than a thousand pounds he were out of the house. For shame. Never stand you had rather and you had rather. Your husband's here at hand. Bethink you of some conveyance. In the house you cannot hide him. Oh, how have you deceived me? Look, here is a basket. If he be a, of any reasonable stature, he may creep in here and throw foul linen upon him as if it were going to bucking or it is whiting time. Send him by your two men to Datchetmead. He's too big to go in there. What shall I do? Let me see it. Let me see it. Oh, let me see it. I'll in. I'll in. Follow your friend's counsel. I'll in. What, Sir John Falstaff? Are these your letters, knight? I love thee. Help me away. Let me creep in here. I, I'll never... It's into the basket. They cover him with foul linen. Help to cover your master, boy. Call your men, Mistress Ford. 
you're, you dissembling knight. What, John? Robert? John? Exit Robin. Re-enter servants. Go, take up these clothes here quickly. Where's the cowl staff? Look, how you drumple. Carry them to the laundress and dash it meat. Quickly, come! Enter Ford, Page, Dr. Caius, and Sir Hugh Evans. Pray you, come near. If I suspect without cause, why then make sport at me? Let me be your jest. I deserve it. Oh, how now? Whither bear you this? To the laundress, forsooth. Why, what have you to do whither they bear it? You were best meddle with buck washing. Buck? I would I could wash myself of the buck. Buck, buck, buck. Aye, buck. I warrant you, buck. And of the season, too, it shall appear. Gentlemen, I have dreamed tonight. I'll tell you my dream. Here, here, be, here be my keys. Ascend my chambers. Search, seek, find out. A warrant will unkennel the fox. Let me stop this way first. Exunt servants with the basket, locking the door. So, now uncape. Good, Master Ford, be contented. You wrong yourself too much. True, Master Page. Up, gentlemen. You shall see sport anon. Follow me, gentlemen. Exit. His is very fantastical humors and jealousies. Agar, it is not the fashion in France. It is not jealous in France. Nay, follow him, gentlemen. See the issue of his search. Exit page, Dr. Caius and Sir Hugh Evans. Not a double excellency in this. No, <laughs> not which pleases me better. That my husband is deceived or Sir John. What taking was he in when your husband asked who was in the basket? Is that afraid he will have need of washing? So throwing him into the water will do him a benefit. <laughs> Hang him, dishonest rascal. I would all of the same strain were in the same distress. I think my husband had some special suspicion of Falstaff's being here, for I never saw him so gross in his jealousy till now. I will lay a plot to try that, mm. and we will yet have more tricks with Falstaff. His dissolute disease will scarce obey his, this medicine. Shall we send that foolish carrion mistress quickly to him, and excuse his throwing into the water? <laughs> Give him another hope to betray him to another punishment? We will do it. Let him be sent for tomorrow, eight o'clock, to have amends. Re-enter Ford, Page, Dr. Caius, and Sir Hugh Evans. I cannot find him. May be the knave bragged of that he could not compass. You use, <laughs> you use me well, Master Ford, do you? Aye, I, I do so. Heaven make you better than your thoughts. Amen. You do yourself mighty wrong, Master Ford. Aye, aye, I must bear it. If there be anybody in this house, and in the chambers, in the coffers, and the presses, heaven forgive my sins at the day of judgment. Bagar, nor I too, there is nobody's. Fie, fie, Master Ford, are you not ashamed? 
What spirit, what devil suggests this imagination? I would not have your distemper in this time for the wealth of Windsor Castle. Tis my fault, Master Page. I suffer for it. Uh, you suffer for a bad conscience. Your wife is as honest in omens as I have desires among 5,000 and 500 too. Bagar, I see tis an honest woman. Well, I promised you a dinner. Come, come, walk in the park. I pray you, pardon me. I will hereafter make known to you why I have done this. Come, wife. Come, Mistress Page. I pray you, pardon me. Pray heartily. Pardon me. Let's go in, gentlemen. But trust me, we'll mock him. I do invite you tomorrow morning to my house to breakfast. After we'll a-birding together, I have a fine hawk for the bush. Shall it be so? Anything. If there is one, I shall make two in the company. If there be two, I shall make as a turd. Pray you go, Master Pay. I pray you now, remembrance tomorrow, and the lousy knave, mine host. That is good, by garb, is all my art. A lousy knave to have his guides in his mockeries. Exit. Act four, a room in Page's house. Enter Fenton and Anne Page. I see I cannot get thy father's love. Therefore, no more turn me to him, sweet Anne. Alas, how then? Why, uh, thou must be thyself. He doth object I am too great of birth, and that in my state, being galled with my expense, I seek to heal it only by his wealth. And besides these, other bars, he, other bars he lays before me, my riots past, in my wild societies, and tells me tis a thing impossible I should love thee but as a property? Maybe he tells you true. No. Heaven so speed me in my time to come. Albeit, I will confess, thy father's wealth was the first motive that I wooed thee, and yet, yet, no wooing thee, I found thee of more value than stamps and stamps in gold or sums in sealed bags. It is the very riches of thyself that now I aim at. Gentle Master Fenton, yet seek my master's love, still seek it, sir. If opportunity and humblest suit cannot attain it, why then, hark you hither. They converse apart, enter shallow, slender, and mistress quickly. Break their talk, mistress, quickly. My kinsman shall speak for himself. I'll make a shaft or bolt on it, slid his adventure. Be not dismayed. No, she shall not dismay me. I care not for that, but that I am afeard. Hark ye, Master Slender, <clears throat> would speak a word with you. I come to him. This is my father's choice. Oh, what a world of vile, ill-favored faults looks handsome in 300 pounds a year. Mm, and, and how does good Master Fenton? Hmm? Pray you, mm, a word with you. She is coming to her cause. Oh boy, that how hadst a father. 
I had a father, Mr. Sand. My uncle can tell you good jests of him. Pray you, uncle, tell Mr. Sand the jest. How my father stole two geese out of a pen, good uncle. Mistress Anne, my cousin loves you. Aye, that I do, as well as I love any woman in Gloucestershire. He will maintain you like a gentlewoman. Aye, that I will. Come cut and long tail under the degree of a squire. He will make you a hundred and fifty pounds jointure. Good Master Shallow, let him woo for himself. Well, Mary, I thank you for it. I thank you for that good comfort. She calls you cause I'll leave you. Now, Master Slender. Oh, good Mistress Anne. What is your will? I will? Oh, darling, that's a pretty jest indeed. I never made a will yet, I think. Heaven, I'm not such a sickly creature. I give heaven praise. (laughs) I mean, Master Slender, what would you with me? Truly, for my own part, I would little or nothing with you. Your father and my uncle hath made motions. If it be my luck, so if not happy man be his dole, they can tell you how things go better than I can. For father, here he comes! Enter Page and Mistress Page. Now, Master Slender, love him, daughter Anne. Why? How now? What does Master Fenton hear? You wrong me, sir, thus still to haunt my house. I told you, sir, my daughter is disposed of. Nay, Master Page, be not impatient. Good Master Fenton, come not to my child. She is no match for you. Uh, sir, will you hear me? No! Good Master Fenton! Come, Master Shallow, come, son, slender in. Knowing my mind, you wrong me, Master Fenton! Exit page, shallow and slender. Uh, speak to Mistress Page. Good Mistress Page. For that I love your daughter in such a righteous fashion as I do, perforce against perforce against all checks, rebukes, and manners, I must advance the colors of my love and not retire. Let me have your goodwill. Good mother, do not marry me to yon fool. I mean it not. I seek you a better husband. That's my master, master doctor. Alas, I what? had rather be set quick in the earth and bold to death with turnips. Come, trouble not yourself. Good Master Fenton, I will not be your friend nor enemy. My daughter will, I question how she loves you, and as I find her, so I am affected. Till then, farewell, sir. She must needs go in. Her father will be angry. Farewell, gentle mistress. Farewell, Nan. Exit Mistress Page and Anne Page. Oh, this is my doing now. Uh, Nay, I will say, will you cast away your child on a fool in a position? Oh, uh, look on on Master Fenton. Mm, mm, This is my doing.
Fenton, you still have a line. Ah. Pardon me. Uh, <laughs> I felt it was my time to exit. I thank thee. I thank thee. And I pray thee. Uh, once tonight, give my sweet Nan this ring. And there's for thy pains. Oh, now heaven send me good fortune. <laughs> now exit, Fenton. Oh, a kind heart he hath, and a woman would run through fire and water for such a kind heart. Mm. But yet I would my master had Mistress Anne, or would Master Slender had her, or in sooth I would Master Fenton had her. Mm. But I will do what I can for them all, all three. For, so I promised, and, and I'll be as good as my word, but especially for Master Fenton. Well, I must another errand to Sir John Falstaff from my two mistresses. Oh, what a beast I am to slack it. Exit. Scene five, a room in the garter inn. Enter Falstaff and Bardolph. Uh, Bardolph, I say. Here, sir. Go fetch me a quart of sack. Put a toast in. Exit Bardolph. Have I lived to be carried in a basket like a barrow of butcher's offal and to be thrown in the Thames? <laughs> if I be served another such trick, I'll have my brains taint out and buttered and give them to a dog for a New Year's gift. The rogues slighted me into the river with as little remorse as they would have drowned a blind bitch's puppies. Fifty in the litter. And you may know by my size <clears throat> that I have a kind of alacrity in sinking. If the bottom were as deep as hell I should down, I had been drowned. But that the shore was shelvy and shallow. Oh, a death that I abhor for the water swells a man and what a thing should i have been when i had been swelled <laughs> oh i should have been a mountain of mummy re-enter bardolph with sack here's mistress quickly sir to speak with you let me pour in some sack to the thames water for my belly's as cold as if i'd swallowed snowballs for pills to cool the rains call her in Come in, woman! Enter mistress quickly. Oh, binder, leave. I cry you mercy. I'll give your worship good morrow. Take away these chalices. Go brew me a pottle of sack, finely. With eggs, sir. Oh, simple of itself. I'll no pullet sperm in my brewage. Thanks, it burn off. How now? Mary, sir, I come to your worship from Mistress Ford. <laughs> Mistress Ford, I had Ford enough. I was thrown into the Ford. I have my belly full of Ford. Oh, alas the day. Oh, good heart. That was not her fault. Um, she does so take on with her men. Uh, they mistook their erection. <laughs> <laughs> so did I mine, to build upon a foolish woman's promise. Well, she laments, sir, for it, and would yearn your heart to see it. Her husband goes this morning a-birding, 
and she desires you once more to come to her between mm, eight and nine. Mm. I must carry her word quickly. She'll make you amends, I warrant you. Well, I will visit her. Tell her so, and bid her think what a man is. Let her consider his frailty, and then judge of my merit. Oh, I will tell her. Do so. Between uh, uh, nine and ten, sayest thou? Eight and nine, sir. Well, be gone. I will not miss her. Oh, peace be with you, sir. Exit. I marvel I hear not of Master Brooke. He sent me word to stay within. I like his money well. Oh, here he comes. Oh, bless you, sir. Now, Master Brooke, you come to know what hath passed between me and Ford's wife. That indeed, Sir John, is my business. Master Brooke, I will not lie to you. I was at her house the hour she appointed me. And sped you, sir. Very ill-favoredly, Master Brooke. How so, sir? Did she change her determination? Oh, no, Master Brooke, but the peaking Cornuto, her husband, Master Brooke, dwelling in a continual larum of jealousy, comes me in the instant of our encounter after we had embraced kissed, protested, and, as it were, spoke the prologue of our comedy, and at his heels a rabble of companions, thither provoked and instigated by his distemper, and forsooth to search his house for his wife's love. What? While you were there? While I was there. And did he search for you? And could not find you? <laughs> you shall hear. As good luck would have it, comes in one mistress page, gives intelligence of Ford's approach, and in her intervention and Ford's wife's distraction, they conveyed me into a buck basket. <laughs> a buck basket? By the Lord, a buck basket. Rammed me in with the foul shirts and smocks, socks. Oh, foul stockings, greasy napkins. That, Master Brooke, there was the rankest compound of villainous smells that ever offended nostril. And how long lay you there? Nay, you shall hear, Master Brooke, what I have suffered to bring this woman to evil for your good. Being thus crammed in the basket, a couple of Ford's knaves, his Hines were called forth by their mistress to carry me in the name of foul clothes to Datchet Lane. They took me on their shoulders, met the jealous knave, their master in the door, who asked them once or twice what they had in their basket. Oh, I quaked for fear, lest the lunatic knave would have searched it, but fate, ordaining he should be a cuckold, held his hand. Well, on went he for a search, and away went I for foul clothes. But mark the sequel, Master Brooke. I suffered the pangs of three several deaths. First, an intolerable fright to be detected with a jealous rotten bellwether. Next, to be compassed like a good bilbo in the circumference of a peck, hilt to point, heel to head, and then to be stopped in like a strong distillation with stinking clothes that fretted in their own grease. Think of that, a man of my kidney. Think of that, that... I'm as subject to heat as butter, 
a man of continual dissolution and thaw. Oh, it was a miracle to escape suffocation. And then, in the height of this bath, when I was more than half stewed in grease like a Dutch dish to be thrown into the Thames and cooled, glowing hot in that surge like a horseshoe. Think of that, hissing hot. Think of that, Master Brook. In good sadness, I am sorry that for my sake you have suffered all this. My suit, then, is desperate. You'll undertake her no more? Master Brook, I will be thrown into Etna, as I have been into Thames, ere I will leave her thus. Her husband is this morning gone a-birding. I have received from her another embassy of meeting. Twixt eight and nine is the hour, Master Brook. Tis past eight already, sir. Is it? I will then address me to my appointment. Come to me at your convenient leisure, and you shall know how I speed. And the conclusion shall be crowned with your enjoying her. <laughs> Adieu. You shall have her, Master Brook. Master Brook, you shall cuckold Ford. Exit. <laughs> Ha! Is this a vision? Is this a dream? Do I sleep? Master Ford, awake! Awake, Master Ford! There's a hole made in your best coat, Master Ford. This tis to be married. This tis to have linen and buck baskets. Well, I will proclaim myself what I am. I will now take the lecher. He is at my house. He cannot escape me. Tis impossible he should. He cannot creep into a halfpenny purse, nor into a pepper box. But lest the devil that guides him should aid him, I will search impossible places, though what I am I cannot avoid. Yet to be what I would not shall, would not shall not make me tame. If I have horns to make one mad, let the proverb go with me. I'll be horn mad. Exit. Act 4, Scene 1, A Street. Enter Mistress Page, Mistress Quickly, and William Page. Is he at Master Ford's already, thinkest thou? Sure, he is, um, by this or will be presently, but mm, truly, he is very courageous mad about his throwing into the water. Mistress Ford desires you to come suddenly. I'll be with her by and by. I'll but bring my young man here to school. Look where his master comes. Tis a playing day, I see. Enter Sir Hugh. Now, Sir Hugh, no school today? Aye, no. Master Slender has let the boys leave to play. Oh, (laughs) blessing of his heart. Sir Hugh, my husband says my son profits nothing in the world at his book. I pray you, ask him some questions in his accidents. Come hither, Aunt William. Uh, hold up your head. Come. Come on, sirrah. Hold up your head. Answer your master. Be not afraid. Uh, William, how many numbers and nouns? Two. Truly? I thought there'd be one number more, because they say 
odds nouns? Repeat your titans. What is fair, William? Polkel. Oh, polecats. There are far fairer things than polecats, sure. And you are a very simplicity omen. I pray you, please. Uh, what is lapis, William? A uh, stone. And what is a stone, William? A uh, pebble? No, it is lapis. I pray you remember and you pray. Lapis. That is good, William. What is he, William? Uh, that does uh, lend article. Articles are borrowed of the pronoun and be thus declined. Singulariter nominativo hic haic hoc. <laughs> nominativo hic hoc hoc. I pray you, Mark. Genitivo hujus. Uh, well, what is your accusative case? Accusativo hink. I pray you. Have you remembered this child? Accusative hunk hang hook. <laughs> hang hog is Latin for bacon, I warrant you. Leave your paddles <laughs> open. What is your fucking case, William? Oh. Vocativo. Oh. Remember, William? Vocative is carrot. And that's a good root. Oh man, forbear! Peace. What is your genitive case? Plural, William. Genitive case? I. Genitive. Horum, harum, horum. Oh, vengeance of Jenny's case. Oh, fie on her. Never name her child if she be a whore. Oh. For shame, human. Oh, you do ill to teach the child such words. He teaches him to, to hick and to hack, and which they'll do fast enough of themselves. And to call whorem, oh, fie upon you. Oh, man, art thou lunatics? Hast thou no understanding for thy cases and the numbers of the genders? Thou art as foolish Christian creatures as I would desire. I prithee, hold thy peace. But show me now, William, some declensions of your pronouns. Uh, forsooth, I have forgot. Ah, it is qui, que, quod. If you forget your quies, your quays and quads, <laughs> you must be breaches. Go your ways and say, go. He is a better scholar than I thought he was. He has a good sprag memory. <laughs> Farewell, Mr. Page. Adieu, good Sir Hugh. Exit Sir Hugh Evans. Get you home, boy. Come, we stay too long. Exit. Scene two, room in Ford's house. Enter Falstaff and Mistress Ford. Mistress Ford, your sorrow hath eaten up my sufferance. I see you are obsequious in your love, and I profess requital to a hair's breadth. Not only, Mistress Ford, in the simple office of love, but in all the <clears throat> accoutrement, compliment, and ceremony of it. Uh, are you sure of your husband now? He's a burden, sweet Sir John. Hmm. What ho, gossip Ford, what ho? Step into the chamber, Sir John. Exit Falstaff, enter Mistress Page. How now, sweetheart? Who's at home besides yourself? Why, none but fine own people. Indeed. No, certainly. 
Speak louder. Truly, I am so glad you have nobody here. Why? Why, woman, your husband is in his old loons again. He so takes on yonder with my husband, so rails against all married mankind, so curses all Eve's daughters, of what complexion soe'er, and so buffets himself on the forehead, crying, peer out, peer out, that any madness I ever yet beheld seemed but tameness, civility, and patience. To this his distemper he is in now. I am glad the fat knight is not here. Why? Does he talk of him? Oh, of none but him, and swears he was carried out the last time he searched for him, in a basket. Protest to my husband he is now here, and hath drawn him and the rest of their company from their sport to make another experiment of his suspicion. But I am glad the king and the knight is not here. Now he shall see his own foolery. How near is he, Mistress Page? Hard by, at street end. He will be here anon. I am undone. The night is here. Boy, then you are utterly shamed, and he's but a dead man. What a woman are you? Away with him, away with him, better in shame than murder. Which way should he go? How should I bestow him? Shall I put him into the basket again? No. No, I'll come no more in the basket. May I not go out ere he come? Alas, three of Master Ford's brothers watch the door with pistols that none shall issue out. Otherwise, you might slip away ere he came. But what make you here? What shall I do? I'll creep up into the chimney. There they always used to discharge their birding pieces. Creep into the kinhole. Where is it? He will seek there, on my word. Neither press, coffer, chest, trunk, well, vaults, mm, he hath an abstract, the remembrance of such places, and goes to them by his note. There is no hiding you in the house. I'll go out then. If you go out into your own semblance, you die, Sir John, unless you go out disguised. How might we disguise him? That's the day I know not. There's no woman's gown big enough for him. Otherwise, he might put on a hat, a muffler, and a kerchief, and so escape. Good hearts, devise something, any extremity rather than a mischief. Mm. My maid's aunt, the fat woman of Brentford, has a gown above. On my word, it will serve him. She's as big as he is, and there's her thrummed hat and her muffler, too. Run up, Sir John. Go, go, sweet Sir John. Mistress Page and I will look some linen for your head. Quick, quick. We'll come dress you straight, put on the gown the while. Exit Falstaff. I would my husband would meet him in this shape. He cannot abide the old woman of Brentford. <laughs> he swears she's a witch, forbade her in my house, and hath threatened to beat her. And guide him to thy husband's cudgel, and the devil guide his cudgel afterwards. <laughs> But is my husband coming? Ah, in good sadness, is he? And talks of the basket, too. Howsoever he hath had intelligence. We'll try that. For I'll appoint my men to carry the basket again, to meet him at the door with it, as they did last time. Nay, but he'll be here presently. Let's go dress him like the witch of Brentford. I'll first direct my men what they shall do with the basket. Go up. I'll bring linen for him straight.
exit. Hang him, dishonest varlet. We cannot misuse him enough. We'll leave a proof by that which we will do. Wives may be merry and yet honest too. We do not act that often, jest and laugh. Tis old but true. Still, swine eat all the draught. Exit, re-enter Mistress Ford with two servants. Go, sirs, take the basket again on your shoulders. Your master is hard at door. If he bid you set it down, obey him. Quickly, dispatch. Exit. Come, come, take it up. Pray heaven and not be full of night again. I hope not. I had as leaf bear so much lead. Enter Dr. Caius and Sir Hugh Evans. Aye, but if it prove true, Master Page, have you any way then to unfool me again? Set down the basket, villain. Somebody call my wife. Youth in a basket. Oh, you pander-leave rascals. There's a knot, a ginge, a pack, a conspiracy against me. Now shall the devil be shamed. What wife, I say? Come, come forth. Behold what honest clothes you send forth to bleaching. Why, this passes, Master Ford. You are not to go loose any longer. You must be pinioned. Oh, why, this is lunatics. This is mad as a mad dog. Indeed, Master Ford, this is not well. Indeed. So say I too, sir. Re-enter Mistress Ford. Come hither, Mistress Ford, Mistress Ford, the honest woman, the modest wife, the virtuous creature that hath the jealous fool to her husband. I suspect without cause, Mistress, do I? Heaven be my witness if you do, if you do suspect me in any dishonesty. Well said, brazen face. I hold it out. Come forth, Syrah. Pulling clothes out of the basket. This passes. Are you not ashamed? Let the clothes alone. I shall find you anon. <laughs> He's unreasonable. Will you take up your wife's clothes? Now come away. Empty the basket, I say. What, man? Why? Master Page, as I am a man, there was one conveyed out of my house yesterday in this basket. Why may not he be there again? In my house, I am sure he is. My intelligence is true. My jealousy is reasonable. Pluck me out all the linen. If you find a man there, he shall die a pleased death. Here's no man. By my fidelity, this is not well, Master Ford. This wrongs you. Uh, Master Ford. You must pray and not follow imaginations of your own heart. This is jealousies. Well, is not here I seek for. No, nor nowhere else but in your brain. Help to search my house this one time. If I find not what I seek, show no color for my extremity. Let me forever be your table sport. Let them say of me as jealous as Ford. Chat searched a hollow walnut for his wife's leman. Satisfy me once more. Once more search with me. 
What ho, Mistress Page? Come you and the old woman down. My husband will come into the chamber. Old woman? What old woman's that? Hey, tis my maid's aunt of Brentford. A witch, a queen, an old cozening queen. Have I not forbid her my house? She comes of errands, does she? We are simple men. We do not know what's brought to pass under the profession of fortune-telling. She works by charms, by spells, by the figure, and such daubry as this. This is, beyond our element, we know nothing. Come down, you witch, you hag, you. Come down, I say. Nay, good, sweet husband. Good gentleman, let him not strike the old woman. Enter Falstaff in woman's clothes and Mistress Page. Come, Mother Pratt, come, give me your hand. I'll Pratt her. Eating him. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Out of my door, you witch, you hag, you baggage, you polecat, you runyon. Out, out. I'll conjure you. I'll fortune tell you. Exit Falstaff. Are you not ashamed? I think you have killed the poor woman. Nay, he will do it. Tis a goodly credit for you. Hang her, witch! Why the gay and no, I think the woman is a witch indeed. I like not when a woman has a great beard. <laughs> I spy a great beard under his muffler. Will you follow, gentlemen? I beseech you follow. See but the issue of my jealousy. If I cry out thus upon no trail, Never trust me when I open again. Let's obey his humor a little further. Come, gentlemen. Exit Ford, Page, Shallow, Dr. Caius, and Sir Hugh Evans. You beat him most pitifully. Nay, by the mass that he did not. He beat him most unpitifully, methought. I'll have the cudgel I hollowed and hung o'er the altar. It hath done meritous service. What thank you. May we, with the warrant of womanhood and the witness of a good conscience, pursue him with any further revenge? The spirit of wantonness is sure scared out of him. If the devil have him not in fee simple, with fine and recovery, he will never, I think, in the way of waste, attempt us again. Shall we tell our husbands how we have served him? Yes, by all means. If it be but to scrape the figures out of your husband's brains. If they can find in their hearts the poor unvirtuous fat knight shall be any further afflicted, we too will sit by the ministers. I'll warrant that they have him publicly shamed. Methinks that there would be no period to the jest, should he not be publicly shamed. Come, to the forge with them then. Shape it. I would not have things cool. Exit. Scene three, a room in the Garter Inn. Enter host and Bardolph. I... I... Sir... The Germans desire to have three of your horses? Uh, The Duke himself 
will be tomorrow at court and they're going to meet him. What duke should that become so secretly? I hear not of him in the court. Let me speak with the gentlemen. They speak English? I, sir, will call them to you. Well, they shall have my horses, but I'll make them pay. I'll sauce them. They have had my house a week at command. I'll have turned away my other guests. They must come. I'll sauce them. Come. Exunt. In four, room in Ford's house. Enter Page, Ford, Mistress Page, Mistress Ford, and Sir Hugh Evans. Tis one of the best discretions of a woman as ever I did look upon. And did he send you both these letters an instant? Within a quarter of an hour. Pardon me, wife. Henceforth do what thou wilt. I rather will suspect the sun with cold than thee with wantonness. Now doth thy honor stand in him that was of late an heretic, as firm as faith. Tis well, tis well. No more be not as extreme in submission as in offense. But let our plot go further, forward. Let our wives yet once again to make us public sport. Appoint a meeting with this old fat fellow where we may take him and disgrace him for it. There is no better way than that they spoke of. How? To send him word they'll meet him in the park at midnight? Five, five will never come. Uh, you say he has been thrown in the rivers and um, has been grievously beaten an old, um, old woman. Uh, Methinks I should be terrors in him that he should not come. Um, Methinks his flesh is punished. He shall have no desires. So think I too. Devise but how he'll use him when he comes, and let us two devise how to bring him thither. There is an old tale goes that Hearn the hunter, sometime a keeper here in Windsor Forest, doth all the winter time at still midnight walk round about an oak with great ragged horns. And there he blasts the tree and takes the cattle and makes milch kiln yield blood and shakes a chain in most hideous and dreadful manner. And have heard of such, you have heard of such a spirit. And well you know the superstition's idle-headed eld receive and did deliver to our age this tale of her and the hunter for a truth. Why, yet there want not many that, that do fear in deep of night to walk by this hern's oak, but what of this? Mary, this is our device. That Falstaff shall have that oak shall meet with us. Well, let it not be doubted, but he'll come. And in this shape, when you have brought him thither, what shall be done with him? What is your plot? That likewise have we thought upon, and thus Nan Page, my daughter, and little my little son, and three or four more of their growth will dress like urchins, oafs and fairies, green and white, with rounds of waxen tapers on their heads, and rattles in their hands upon a sudden, as Salt Falstaff, she and I are newly met. Let them from forth a sawpit rush at once, and with some diffused song upon their sight, we too in great amazedness will fly. Then let him all encircle him about and fairy-like to pinch and unclean the unclean night. 
and ask him why that hour of fairy revel in their so sacred paths he dares to tread in shape profane. Until he tell the truth, let the supposed fairies pinch him sound and burn him with his tapers. Of the truth being known, we'll all present ourselves, dishorn the spirit, and mark him how him home to Windsor. The children must be practiced well to this, or they'll near doot. Uh, I will teach the children their behaviors, and I will be like a jack and apes also, to, to burn the night with my taper. That will be excellent. I'll go and buy them visits. My nan shall be the queen of all the fairies, finely attired in a robe of white. The silk will I go buy, and in that time shall Master Slender steal my nan away and marry her at Eton. Go, Santa Falstaff straight. Nay, alter him again in the name of Brooke. He'll tell me all his purpose. Sure he'll come. Fear not, you that. Go get us properties and tricking for our fairies. Let us have out it. It is admirable pleasures and very honest inquiries. Exit page Ford and Sir Hugh Evans. Go, Mistress Ford. Send quickly for John to know his mind. Exit Mistress Ford. I'll to the doctor. He hath my goodwill, and none but he, to marry with Nan Page. That slender, though he well landed, is an idiot. And he, my husband, best of all effects. The doctor is well moneyed, and his friends, potent at court, he, none but he, shall have her. Though twenty thousand worthier came to crave her. Exit. Scene five, a room in the garter inn. Enter host and simple. What wouldst thou have, boar? What? Thick skin? Speak. Breathe. Discuss. Brief. Short. Quick. Snap. Um, Mary, sir, I come to speak with John Falstaff from Master Slender. Well, there's his chamber, his house, his castle, his standing bed and truckle bed. Tis painted about with the story of the prodigal, fresh and new. Go knock and call. Hell, speak like an anthropophagenian unto thee. Knock, I say. Um, where's an old woman? A fat woman gone up into his chamber. Won't be so bold. Stay, sir, till she come down and come to speak with her indeed. A fat woman. The knight may be robbed. I'll call. Bully! Knight! Bully! Sir John! Speak from thy ling... Speak from thy lungs, military. Art thou there? It is thine host, thine Ephesian calls. Uh, how now, mine host? Here's a bohemian tartar tarries the coming down of thy fat woman. Let her descend, bully, let her descend. My chambers are honorable. Fie, privacy? Fie. Enter Falstaff. 
There was, mine host, an old fat woman even now with me, but she's gone. Pray you, sir, was it not the wise woman of Brentford? Aye, Mary was it, Musselshell. What would you with her? Um, my master, sir, Master Slender, sent to her, seeing her go through the streets to know, sir, uh, whether one name, sir, that beguiled him of a chain, had the chain or no. I spake with the old woman about it. And uh, what says she? I pray, sir. Mary, she says, the very same man that beguiled Master Slender of his chain, cousined him of it. Oh, well, I would I could have spoken with the woman herself. I had other things to have spoken with her, too, from him. What, what are they? Let us know. Aye, come, quick. Well, I may not conceal them, sir. Conceal them, or thou diest. <laughs> Why, sir, they were nothing but about Mistress Anne Page to know if it were her master's fortune to have her or no. Tis, tis his fortune. What, sir? To have her or no. Uh, go, say the woman told me so. May, may I be so bold to say so, sir? Aye, sir, like who are more bold. Well, I thank, I thank your worship. I shall uh, make, make my master glad with these tidings. Exit. Thou art clerkly. Thou art clerkly, Sir John. Was there a wise woman with thee? Aye, that there was, mine host. One that hath taught me more wit than ever I learned before in my life, and I paid nothing for it neither, but was paid for my learning. Enter Bardolph. Oh, out! Alas, sir! Cousinage! Dear Cousinage! Where be my horses? Speak well of them, Varleto! Oh, run away with the cousiners. For so soon as I came beyond Eden, they threw me off from behind in a slough of mire. And set spurs and away like three German devils. Three Dr. Faustuses. They are gone, but to meet the Duke, villain, do not say they fled. Germans are honest men. Enter Sir Hugh Evans. Where is my host? What is the matter, sir? I have a care of your entertainments. There is a friend of mine come to town, tells me there is three cousin Germans that is causing all the hosts of Redens, of Maidenhead, of Colbrook, of horses and money. I tell you for good, well, look you, you are wise and full of guides and flouting stocks, and you is not content, convenient, you should be cozen. Fare you well. Exit. Enter Dr. Caius. Mary is my nose de Jartier. Here, Master Doctor, in 
perplexity and doubtful dilemma. I cannot tell what is that, but it is tell me that you make grand preparation for a Duke de Germany. By my throat, there is no Duke that the court is no to come. I tell you this for goodwill. Adieu. Exit. Hue and cry, villain, go. Assist me, knight. I am undone. Fly! Run! Hue and cry, villain! I am undone! Exit host and bird off. <sighs> I would all the world might be cousin, for I have been cousined and beaten too. But you come to the ear of the court, how I have been transformed, and how my transformation hath been washed and cudgeled. <laughs> They would melt me out of my fat drop by drop and liquor fisherman's boots with me. I warrant they would whip me with their fine wits till I were as crestfallen as a dried pear. (sighs) I never prospered since I forswore myself at Primero. Well, my wind were but long enough to say my prayers, I would repent. Enter mistress quickly. Now, whence come you? Oh, from the two parties, forsooth. The devil take one party and his damn the other, and so they shall both be bestowed. I have suffered more for their sakes, more than the villainous inconsistency of man's disposition is able to bear. And have they not suffered? Yes, I warrant, speciously one of them, Mistress Ford. Good heart is beaten black and blue. You cannot see a white spot about her. What tellst thou me of black and blue? I was beaten myself into all colors of the rainbow, and I was like to be apprehended for a witch of Brentford. But that my admirable dexterity of wit, my counterfeiting the action of an old woman, delivered me. The knave constable had set me in the stocks, in the common stocks, for a witch. Sir, let me speak with you in your chamber. You shall hear how things go. And I warrant to your content. Um, Here's a letter that will say, that will say somewhat, um, good hearts. What I do here is to to bring you together. Uh, Sure, one of you does not serve heaven well that you are so crossed. Come up into my chamber. Excellent. Scene six, another room in the garter inn. Enter Fenton and host. Master Fenton, talk not to me. My mind is heavy. I will give over all. Yet, hear me speak. Assist me in my purpose, and as I am a gentleman, I'll give thee a hundred pound in gold more than your loss. I will hear you, Master Fenton, and I will at the least keep your counsel. From... Time to time, I have acquainted you with the dear love I bear to Fair and Page, who mutually have answered my affection, so far forth as herself might be her chooser, even to my wish. I have a letter from her of such contents as you will wonder at, the mirth whereof so larded with my matter that neither singly can be manifested without the show of both. Fat Falstaff hath a great scene. The image of the jest, I'll show you here at large. Hark, good mine, hark, good mine host. Tonight at Hearn's Oak, just twixt 12 and 1, 
must my sweet Nan present the fairy queen. The purpose why is here, in which disguise, while other jests are something rank on foot, her father hath commanded her to slip away with slender, and with him at Eton immediately to marry. She hath consented. Now, sir, her mother, ever strong against that match, and firm for Dr. Caius, hath appointed that he shall likewise shuffle her away, while other sports are tasking of their minds, and at the deanery, where a priest attends, straight marry her. To this to this her mother's plot, she seemingly, seemingly obedient, likewise hath made promise to the doctor. <laughs> now thus it rests. Her father means she shall be all in white. And in that habit, when Slender sees, sees his time to take her by the hand and bid her go, she shall go with him. Her mother hath intended the better, the better to denote her to the doctor, for they must all be masked and visited, that quaint in green she shall be loose and robed, with ribbons pendant flaring above her head. And when the doctor spies his vantage ripe, to pinch her by the hand, and on that token, the maid hath given consent to go with him. <laughs> Which means she to deceive, father or mother? Both! My good host, to go along with me! And here it rests that you'll procure the vicar to stay for me at church twixt twelve and one, and in the lawful name of marrying to give our hearts united ceremony. Well, husband, your device. I'll to the <laughs> vicar. Bring you the maid. You shall not lack a priest. So shall I evermore be bound to thee. Besides, I'll make a present recompense. Woo! Excellent. Act 5, Scene 1, The Room in the Garter Inn. Enter Falstaff and Mistress Quickly. <sighs> Prithee, no more prattling. Go, I'll hold. This is the third time. I hope good luck lies in odd numbers. Away I go. They say there's a divinity in odd numbers, either in nativity, chance, or death. Away. I'll provide you a chain, and I'll do what I can to get you a pair of horns. Away, I say, time wears. Hold up your head and mince. Exit mistress quickly. Enter Ford. <laughs> oh, now, Master Brooke. Master Brooke, the matter will be known tonight or never. Be you in the park about midnight at Hearn's Oak, and you shall see wonders. Went you not to her yesterday, sir, as you told me you had appointed. I went to her... Master Brooke, as you see, like a poor old man, but I came from her, Master Brooke, like a poor old woman. That same knave, Ford, her husband, hath the finest mad devil of jealousy in him, Master Brooke, that ever governed frenzy. I will tell you, he beat me grievously in the shape of a woman, for in the shape of a man, Master Brooke. I fear not Goliath with his weaver's beam, because I know also life is a shuttle. I'm in haste. Go along with me. I'll tell you all, Master Brook. Since I plucked geese, played truant, and whipped top, I knew not what t'was to be beaten till lately. Follow me. I'll tell you strange things of this knave, Ford, on whom tonight I will be revenged, and I will deliver his wife into your hand. Follow. Strange things in hand, Master Brooke. Follow. 
Exit. Scene two, Windsor Park. Enter Paige, shallow and slender. Come, come. We'll couch in the castle ditch till we see the light of our fairies. Remember, son slender, my daughter. I, forsooth, I have spoke with her, and we have a nay word how to know one another. I come to her in white and cry, bum, and she cries, budget, and by that we know one another. That's good, too, but what needs you either your mum or her budget? The white will decipher her well enough. It has struck ten o'clock. The night is dark. Light and spirits will become it well. Heaven prosper our sport. No man means evil but the devil, and we shall know him by his horns. Let's away. Follow me. Excellent. Scene three, a street leading to the park. Enter Mistress Page, Mistress Ford, and Dr. Caius. Master Doctor, my daughter is in the green. When you see your time, take her by the band, away with her to the deanery, and dispatch it quickly. Go before into the park. We two must go together. I know what I shall do. Adieu. Fare you well, sir. Exit Dr. Caius. Your husband will not rejoice so much as the abuse of Falstaff as he will chafe at the doctor's marrying my daughter, but tis no matter. Better a little chiding than a great deal of heartbreak. Where is Nan now and her troop of fairies and the Welsh double hue? They are all couched in a pit hard by Hearn's Oak with abuse, uh, obscured lights, which at the very instant of Falstaff's and our meeting, they will at once display to the night. That cannot choose but amaze him. If he be not amazed, he will be mocked. If he be amazed, he will every way be mocked. <laughs> we'll betray him finally. Against such lewdsters and their lechery, those that betray them do no treachery. Well, the hour draws on. To the oak. To the oak. Exit. Scene four, Windsor Park. Enter Sir Hugh Evans disguised with others as fairies. Fairies, come. I don't remember your parts. Uh, be pulled, I pray you. Follow me into the pit, and when I give the watch words, as I bid you, come, come. Trip, trip. Five, another part of the park. Enter Falstaff disguised as Hearn. <laughs> the Windsor Bell struck twelve. The minute draws on. Now, the hot-blooded gods assist me. Remember Jove, thou wast a bull for thy Europa. Love set on thy horns. Oh, powerful love. That in some respects makes a beast a man, in some other a man a beast. You were also, Jupiter, a swan for the love of Leda. Oh, omnipotent love. How near the god drew to the complexion of a goose. A fault done first in the form of a beast. Oh, Jove, a beastly fault. And then another fault in the semblance of a fowl. Think on, Jove. A foul fault. When gods have hot backs, what shall poor men do? For me, I am here a Windsor stag, and oh, the fattest, I think, in the forest. Send me a cool rut time, Jove, or who can blame me to piss my tallow? Who comes here? My doe? Enter Mistress Ford and Mistress Page. 
Sir John, are thou there, my dear? My male dear? <laughs> my doe with the black scut. Let the sky rain potatoes. Let it thunder to the tune of green sleeves. Hail, kissing comfits and snow oringos. Let there come a tempest of provocation. I will shelter me here. Mistress Page has come with me, sweetheart. I'll divide me like a bribe buck, each a haunch. I will keep my sides to myself, my shoulders for the fellow of this walk, and my horns. I bequeath your husbands. Am I a woodman? <laughs> Speak I like Hearn the Hunter? Why, now is Cupid a child of conscience? He makes restitution, as I am a true spirit. Welcome. Noise within. Bless what's noise. Heaven forbid our sins. What, what should this be? Away! 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 They run off. I think the devil will not have me damned, lest the oil that's in me should set hell on fire. He would never else cross me thus. Enter Sir Hugh Evans, disguised as before. Pistol as Hobgoblin, Mistress Quickly, Anne Page, and others as fairies with tapers. Fairies. Black, gray, green, and white. You moonshine revelers and shades of night. You orphan heirs of fixed destiny, you attend your office and your quality. Uh, crier, hobgoblin, make the fairy eyes. Mm, elves, list your names. Silence, you airy toys. Cricket, to Windsor chimneys shalt thou leap, where fires thou finds unraked and hearts unswept. There pinch the maids as blue as bilberry, our radiant queen hates sluts and slattery. They are fairies. He that speaks to them shall die. I'll wink and couch. No man their works must die. Lies down upon his face. <clears throat> Where's Freddy? Uh, go you, and where you find a maid, uh, that ere she sleep has thrice her prayer said, raise up the organs of her fantasy. Sleep she is sound as careless infancy. For those that sleep and think not on their sins, pinch them! Arms, legs, backs, shoulders, sides, and shins. About, about, search Windsor Castle, elves within and without, uh, strew good luck, oaks on every sacred room, that it may stand till the perpetual doom. Yeah, um, in state, as wholesome as in state tis fit, worthy the owner and the owner it. Several chairs of order, look you scour, within juice of balm and every precious flower. Uh, each fair installment, coat, and several crests with loyal blazon, evermore be blessed. Mm. And nightly, meadow fairies, look you sing like to the garter's compass. Mm. In a ring, that expressure that it bears, uh, green let it be, more fertile, fresh than all the fields to see. And honey, soy, Qui mal e uh, hence, uh, right in emerald tufts, uh, flowers purple, blue, and white. Uh, let sapphire, pearl, and rich embroidery uh, buckle below fair knighthood's bending knee. Fairies use flowers for their uh, character. Away, disperse. Uh, but till uh, tis one o'clock, uh, our dance of custom round the 
Oak of Hearn, the hunter, let us not forget. Mm, I pray you look, hent, and hent. Yourselves in order set, and twenty glowworms shall our lanterns be to guide our measure round about the tree. But stay, I smell a man of middle earth. Oh, heavens defend me from that Welsh fairy, lest he transform me to a piece of cheese. Vile worm, thou wast overlooked even in my heart. With trial fire touch me his finger, and if he be chased, the flame will back descend. Um, and if he turn him to no pain, but if he start, it is the flesh of a corrupted heart. Come, will this wood take fire? They burn him with their tapers. Oh, ow, 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 ow. Oh, corrupt, corrupt, and tainted in desire. Uh, about him, fairies, sing a scornful rhyme. And as you trip, still pinch him to your time. Fie on sinful fantasy, fie on lust and luxury. Lust is but a bloody fire, kindled with unchaste desire. Um, fed in heart whose flames aspire, as thoughts do blow them higher and higher. Uh, pinch him, fairies, mutually. Him for his villainy. Pinch him, burn him, turn him about. Till candles in starlight and moonshine be out. <laughs> During this song, they pinch Falstaff. Dr. Caius comes one way and steals away a boy in green. Slender, another way, and takes off a boy in white. And Fenton comes and steals away Anne Page. A noise of hunting. What does all need? <laughs> all the fairies run away. Falstaff pulls off his buck's head and rises. Enter Page Ford, Mistress Page, and Mistress Ford. Nay, do not fly. I think we have watched you now. Will none but Hearn the Hunter serve your turn? I pray you, come, hold up the jest no higher. Now, good Sir John, how like you Windsor wives? See you these husbands? Do not these fair yokes become the forest better than their town? Oh, now, sir, who's a cuckold now? Master Brooke, Falstaff's a knave, a cuckoldly knave. Here are his horns, Master Brooke, and Master Brooke, he hath enjoyed nothing of falls but his buck basket, his cudgel, and twenty pounds of money, which must be paid to Master Brooke. His horses are arrested for it, Master Brooke. Oh, Sir John, we have had ill luck. We could never meet. I will never take you for my love again, and I will always count you, my dear. I do begin to perceive that I am made an ass. Aye, and an ox, too. Both the proofs are extent. <sighs> and these are not fairies. It was three or four time in the thought that they were not fairies, and yet the guiltiness of my mind, the sudden surprise of my powers, drove the grossness of the foppery into a received belief. And despite 
the teeth of all rhyme and reason that they were fairies. See now how wit may be made a jack-o'-lant when it is upon ill employment. Sir John Falstaff, serve God and leave your desires and fairies will not quench you. Well said, fairy Hugh. <laughs> and leave your jealousies too, I pray you. I will never mistrust my wife again till thou art able to work her, woo her in good English. <sighs> I laid my brain in the sun and dried it. Did it want matter to prevent so gross or reaching as this? Am I ridden with a Welsh goat, too? Shall I have a coxcomb of freeze? Tis time I were choked with a piece of toasted cheese. Freeze is not good to give putter. Your belly is all putter. Seize and putter. Have I lived to stand at the taunt of one that makes fritters of English? This is enough to be the decay of lust and late walking throughout the realm. Why, Sir John, do you think, though we would have the virtue out of our hearts, by the head and shoulders, and have given ourselves without scruple to hell, that ever the devil could have made you our delight? What? A hodge pudding? A bag of flax? Puffed, ma'am. Old, cold, withered, and of intolerable entrails. And one that is as slanderous as Satan. And as poor as Job. And as wicked as his wife. And given to fornications, and to taverns, and sack, and wine, and methligans, and to drinkings, and swearings, and starings, fribbles, and puffs. Well, I am your theme. You have the start of me. I am dejected. Not able to answer this Welsh flannel. Ignorance itself is a plummet o'er me. Use me as you will. Ah, marry, sir, will bring you to Windsor, to one master brook that you have cozened of money, to whom you should have been a panda, over and above that you have suffered. I think to repay that money will be a biting affliction. Yet be cheerful, knight. Thou shalt eat a posset tonight at my house, where I will desire thee to laugh at my wife, that now laughs at thee. Tell her, Master Slander hath married her daughter. Doctors doubt that. If Anne Page be my daughter, she is by this Dr. Caius's wife. Enter Slender. Oh! Help! Help! Father Page! Son! How now? How now, son? How have you dispatched? Dispatched? I'll make the best in Gloucestershire know on it. Would I were hanged, la else? Of, of, of what, son? I came yonder at Eton to marry Mistress Anne Page, and she's a great, loverly boy. If it had not been in the church, I would have swinged him, or he should have swinged me. If I did not think it had been Anne Page, would I might never, sir, and tis a postmaster's boy. Upon my life. Then you took the wrong one now. Oh, Tell me that! I think so, when I took a boy for a girl. If I had been married to him for all he was in women's <clears throat> I would not have had him. Why, this is your own folly. Did not I tell you how you should know my daughter by her garments? Went to her in white and cried, Mom, 
and she cried, budget, as Anne and I had appointed, and yet it wasn't Anne, but a postmaster's boy. Good George, be not angry. I knew of your purpose, turned my daughter into green, and indeed she is now with the doctor at the deanery, and they're married. Enter Dr. Caius. There is Mistress Page. Bagar, I am cousin. I have married un garçon, a boy, and paysan. Bagar, a boy? It is not un page. Bagar, I am cousin. Why did you take her in green? I, Bagar, and tis a boy. Bagar, I'll raise all Windsor. Exit. This is strange. Who hath got the right Anne? Oh, my heart misgives me. Here comes Master Fenton. Enter Fenton and Anne Beige. Love, 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 love. Oh, no, Master Fenton. Pardon, good father. Good my mother, pardon. No, mistress. How chance you went not with Master Slander? Why went you not with Master Doctor, maid? You do amaze her. Hear the truth of it. You would have married her most shamefully, where there was no proportion held in love. The truth is, she and I, long since contracted, are now so sure that nothing can dissolve us. The offense is holy that she hath committed, and this deceit loses the name of craft, of disobedience or unduteous title, since therein she doth evitate and shun a thousand irreligious cursed hours, which forced marriage would have brought upon her. Stand not amazed. Here is no remedy. In love the heavens themselves do guard the state. Money buys land. And wives are sold by fate. I am glad, though you've taken special stand to strike at me, that your arrow hath glanced. Well, what remedy? Fenton, heaven give thee joy! <laughs> must be eschewed, must be embraced. Papa! When night dogs run, all sorts of deer are chased. Well, I will muse no further, Master Fenton, and give you many, many merry days. Good husband, let us everyone go home, and laugh this four-hour by a country fire, Sir John and all. Let it be so, Sir John. To Master Brook, yet you shall yet hold your word, for he tonight shall lie with Mistress Ford. Excellent. The end. Woohoo! Everybody turn your camera back on. Yay!